Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in to Romero Records Podcast. We're going to start off by giving you some of our sponsors. First off, we've got the Coffee Ride. The Coffee Ride makes amazing coffee. I'm telling you, they've got ingredients from all over the place. Exotic flavors, flavors, flavor, flavors, such as Ethiopian blends with strawberry, white grape, creamsicle, and jasmine. It's crazy. Their bags are biodegradable. Their farmers are paid well and local. One goal is to be able to ride their coffee to each home in order to avoid the use of gasoline or cars in general. It's crazy. Do us all a favor and order from this local company at thecoffeeride.com and receive 20% at checkout with the code Romero. That's R-O-M-E-R-A. We're also brought to you by Simper Savage. Simper Savage has done the work for you when it comes to making a salad dressing. Now, when I spoke to the owner of Simper Savage, he described to me that he wanted to have a salad dressing with no sugar, none of those added preservatives, none of that extra crap. Well, guess what? He is delivered. Simper Savage has none of those added sugars, none of that extra crap, none of that extra salt, those preservatives, none of that. This goes great as marinating meat. It goes great as marinating your veggies. Is that a thing? Do you marinate the veggies or is it just a dressing? Anyways, put Simper Savage on everything. It's like hot sauce. You know, you put hot sauce on everything. Do the same thing with Simper Savage dressing. It's amazing. Use code Romero Records at checkout at SimperSavage.com. That is S-E-M-P-E-R-S-A-V-A-G-E.com. We're also brought to you by FNX. Yes, FNX. They are formulated by athletes for athletes. You can expect to fill your shelves with high-quality supplements. Dude, FNX has CBD oil, BCAs, creatine, protein. You can get it all at fnxfit.com. Use code SUPA, not super, SUPA, S-U-P-A-H-E-N-D-O, 15 to get 15% off your order at checkout. Superhendo 15. Don't forget that every item purchased, that's a gallon of water. Think about this. They donate a gallon of water. I, I was too excited to, to finish my sentence, but they donate a gallon of water for every item purchased. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. So yeah, go check out fnxfit.com. We're also brought to you by Magic Spoon. Now, at first I was really skeptical about Magic Spoon. Their cereal is pretty good. All right, so check this out. You know when you really want a bowl of cereal, but you feel kind of bad about eating it, basically? Well, Magic Spoon is a protein-packed cereal. Now, it's got zero grains, zero sugars, and three net carbs. Now, go ahead and do the Simper Savage and marinate on that, all right? So, everybody knows that they want to have cereal late at night when you're about to go to bed. Add a little protein to that. And how about zero carbs and zero sugars? Get some Magic Spoon in your life. Use code HENDO SAVES. That's H-E-N-D-O-S-A-V-E-S. HENDO SAVES. And you're going to get a good little discount at magicspoon.com. All right. Welcome to Romero's Podcast. Today we have on Michael Butler Jr., Awesome. How's it going, man? Man, it's going good, man. Thanks for having me, man. It's good to have you on. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, 
how did I? Oh, I found you from the Facebook. Yeah, you the found me on the Facebook group. group. Yeah, yeah, that was that was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that picture, that's where that was taken. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. So it was a black background. Yeah. And then what I did was I've got those GVM yeah. um, lights. Yeah. So um, yeah, what I did was I, I had one about right there, and then I had another one about right there from the door. Okay. And you know I. I don't know photography. I can help you out with that, man. Yeah. <laughs> so what happened? It didn't look was, bad though. Yeah. It didn't look bad. So everybody was saying the subject, and like they were talking about me, but I was like, <laughs> I didn't take the photo. I was the person. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, Rachel actually took the photo. Okay. So okay. we use a. Um, I've got an A seven S three. I'm not a S three. A seven three. Okay. I got one of those. And, and um, an S three. We've got the twenty four to seventy Sigma. Okay. Good. So. Lens. I didn't tell her that she should probably use that at 70. <laughs> she was probably using it at like 24 or like 30. So everybody yeah. was like, you should be more zoomed in. I was yeah. Like, okay. it, but it wasn't bad. It wasn't yeah. bad. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't terrible. Yeah. It wasn't was horrible. Yeah. Like I've seen far worse. So it wasn't bad. Yeah. Um, quick tip. All right. When you're going to use lights, have the lights as close as possible. Mm, okay. The closer the lights are to you, the softer the light is. I know that sounds weird. That is weird. I yeah. didn't know that. So the further away light is from you, the harsher it is on you. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. It seems like, oh, further away, it's lighter. You yeah. know, it's, it has to travel farther. No, it's harsher. But when is that have, like sunlight? Yeah, so sunlight is really harsh. Because the sun's hella far away. (laughs) Amazingly far away. So, yeah, so in photography, if having the light as close as possible will give you the softest light. That's crazy. I know, it's so weird. Wow. Yeah, that's that's the key. Most people put the lights, like, on the other side of the room, thinking it's enough. But, sorry. Um, But the way cameras read things, it needs a lot of light. Okay, yeah, yeah. To have the cleanest image. So. Close, soft. Wow. That's how it works. I did not know that. Yeah, it's so weird. Okay. Like, you want to have the light, like, as close to you as as possible and be out of the frame of the camera. Wow. Just like audio. Just like audio. Oh, yeah. True, true. Same (laughs) way. (laughs) You don't want to get, it's it's literally the same thing. Yeah. The same way. And I try to tell people, I'm like, even if you don't know what you're doing and you want to do something in life, just do it. Just do it. Because... Eventually, whatever you're doing, not only will you figure it out, but it's going to help you with something else. Right, right. Every, and, everything's fluid. Yeah, yeah. Everything is fluid. Um, uh, I I like that you said that because everything I know about photography, I learned on my own. Mm. I've never been to a class. I've never been to film school. I just went to YouTube. Nice. That's it. I love Everything that. I know is, is from YouTube and just taking millions of pictures that, that sucked. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. And then correcting them over time. Trying to. <laughs> so how long have you been doing it? All right. So I bought my first camera. Well, how, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's go with that. And, right. then, and then professionally. Okay. So I bought my first camera in, this is 2021. So I bought my first camera in 2017. My first ever camera. Cool. Yeah. Um, it was, I had just, okay, so it's a weird story. So I got divorced, right? And so I was kind of moping around. I, I moved back in with my parents, and I was just kind of moping around. My dad was like, you should get out. Like, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like trying to get me just, out of the house. Just a thought. Just, you should get out and do things. And I'm like, I don't do anything. Like, I just want to lay here. He's like, you should get out. Oh, so man. I started going out, 
and um, I love food. And so I started like um, taking pictures of my food and put it on Facebook just randomly. Mm. Like, hey, I went to this restaurant. So people were like, hey, man, you should write a blog. I'm like, what the hell is a blog? <laughs> <laughs> no clue. I, I was so out of touch at this yeah, point. Yeah. And so they were like, oh, it's this thing. You write things. I'm like, okay, I guess I can do that. And so I've I've always been a writer mm. my entire life. So I was like, okay, I can do that. So I'm writing things, and this is where I went. It's great, yada da, taking these pictures. But then I started noticing these pictures are really crappy. Mm. Like this is like iPhone five days. <laughs> so this is real bad photography. Yeah, yeah. So um, my dad was like, you know, just get a camera. I was like, eh, I don't know. I was like, I don't know how to use a camera. He's like, but you're an engineer. I'm an engineer. He's like, you can figure it out. I'm like, yeah, I guess I, guess I can figure it out. So I bought this camera for like 200 bucks. Crappy camera. I bought it. and um, It's like the, the Fuji film, like the, the plastic look. It, right. It was, it was this, what, it was a Sony. It was a Sony. Oh, okay. It was a Sony A300. Oh, wow. Like, I don't think anybody's I've, ever I've heard never, of that. Yeah, I've never heard of that. <laughs> i never even heard of it. That's crazy. The only reason I got it, because it was cheaper than a Canon. And I was like broke at the time. I was yeah, like, yeah. I got like two hundred bucks, and I saw it on Craigslist, and I bought it, and uh, I taught myself how to use it. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much it. I just my parents and my family hated me because I always had a camera with me and in their face taking pictures of everything, and I thought they were great, but they were horrible. And uh, that was it, man. I, uh, I I used that camera for about eight months, and then I bought an actual decent camera. And that's when I got a call from Philip Ashley to do a gig. Who's Philip? Uh, his name is Philip Ashley. So he's like, they call him the Willy Wonka of Memphis. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he's a chocolatier. Okay. Like, it's, like a, it's like a thing. Like he's, uh, he's, he's like went off to these gourmet chocolate schools or whatever. And so he makes all this crazy chocolate here in Memphis. And um, he was doing the first event at the Guest House of Graceland. He has okay. a masquerade ball. And this is the first time they were having it at the guest house. Uh, it was their first event. And so he um, he reached out to me on Facebook. He's like, hey, I saw your pictures. They seem pretty cool. I got an event. I'm like, okay. I was like, look, I don't really know anything about cameras. <laughs> you know, <laughs> He was like, great, because I need you to donate your services. I'm like, that's, that's about perfect, because if I mess up, uh, it's not you really, can't be mad. It can't be mad at me, you know. So <laughs> your own fault. It's on you. So I I went, man, and uh, I shot it, and the photos were good, I guess. And um, I started taking out a guest house pictures. <laughs> that's so, awesome. And that's where I came from, man. That's crazy. Self taught, man. So after that, like, how did you? What was the next step? All right. So after that, did you, um, did, were you kind of like, oh crap? I'm, yeah, I'm, I was like, I'm in the door. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, uh, okay, uh, this is weird because yeah. I, I didn't get it to do that. Yeah. You know, I just got it because I my pictures was was terrible, mm-hmm. and I wanted to take better pictures. So, uh, of food, and so from there, you know, guest house reached out to me. Um, they wanted to use photos. Then they wanted me to take pictures of the hotel. I'm like, okay, I got to go to YouTube and figure out how to take <laughs> like pictures of rooms and things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, and so from there, um, I started working at um, that would yeah that was I Lo- I love Memphis yeah so I started doing food reviews there mm-hmm. so for them and um, yeah man um, and then from there 
I, I didn't take pictures of people at that point. The okay. only time was that Philip event, you know, and that was weird because I, I didn't. I had this thing where I didn't want to take pictures of people because I didn't want to mess up. Because mm. if I mess your face up, yeah, yeah. it's like, yeah, you know. Yeah. So I was just pay, take pictures of things. The food can be upset with you. Yeah, you know, it's just food. <laughs> like, it's just food. Yeah. So uh, from there, um, I started taking pictures of people, and that was going okay. And then I started to notice that there were a lot of people taking pictures of people. Mm. And it became just weird. Like, I don't want to be like everybody else. Mm. And I knew that I'm a writer. You know, I started writing for um, I Love Memphis and then Edible Memphis, which I still write for now and um, do, still do their photos. And so I said, I want to do film. I want to make a movie. And here we are, man. Here okay. Are. So you've won an award yeah. for what? <laughs> so I won... Um, I won Indie Memphis uh, Best Film Hometowner Award. Okay. Uh, so it was um, it was a, a jury selection. So they judged my film, okay. and it was just on a whim. Like I, I'm still weirded out that I won it. Yeah. Because it was just a weird thing. Like I never, I knew I wanted to make film, but I never wanted to like, oh man, you know, be that guy. Like, hey, let's make a film and let's go in the film festivals mm. and when it was just like, it was kind of like. I just want to do something different than what everyone else is doing. Yeah. And so um, I shot the film. It was me and my buddy Alex, uh, who's on all my productions. Alex is my go-to guy. And I was like, hey, um, COVID was just starting to happen. This was in February or March. This is, no, yeah, it was March. This is when we first got our two-week uh, stay-at-home orders. So it's like the anniversary today. Oh, yeah. I think so. Yeah. I think it's like the anniversary of that. So it started then. So there was no one in the streets. I'm like, hey, Alex, um, I want to shoot a film. He's like, okay. I'm like, meet me at 3 o'clock in the morning <laughs> <laughs> at Bill Street Landing. And he's like, what? I'm oh, like, my God. I'm like, yeah, man, 3 o'clock in the morning. He's like, dude, 3 o'clock in the morning? I'm like, 3 o'clock in the morning. So I hit up my guy, uh, Dontario. He's a rollerblader. Okay. And I'm like, dude. I got this idea, but you got to be over 3 in the morning. He had to be at work at 7 that morning. And I told him the idea. He was like, all right, Mike, I'm with it. And so we met up. We were literally the only people on the street because we weren't even supposed to be out Yeah. Uh, because there were cops everywhere. And uh, we got approached, and I just told him, like, hey, look, I'm filming this movie about COVID and yada, da. And they were like, oh, okay, cool. Put us in. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Oh, snap. But I didn't put them in. <laughs> 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 so, uh, you know, uh, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta play the game sometimes. Oh, uh, man, that's funny. So we shot it. Um, I, I edited it, put it together, and I just put it out on Facebook, just like, hey, here you go. And so the people over at uh, Indie Memphis reached out. I had already had a music video in Indie Memphis that that just got showcased, mm -hmm. and um, so they were like, hey, you should put that in. I'm like, all right, all right, I'll put it in. You know. Just just for whatever. I'll put it in. So I put it in, and I kind of left it. Like, whatever. I'm not going to win. Because mm. I saw all the directors that were in it, these these local guys that are amazing. Shout out to Justin Harrison. I don't know if you can see this, but Justin Harrison, <laughs> amazing filmmaker. And so I'm thinking, man, it's, I'm not going to win this, man. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to win this. Yeah. So I was at work, and uh, I work at the hospital. And so I'm in the ICU. And they were like, hey, Mike, uh, you're going to get on a Zoom call. We got the awards today. I'm like, yeah, I'll get on. I'm not going to get on. Because <laughs> I'm not going to win. Yeah. 
So they were like, yeah, you should come and support. I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay. I'll go and support. I don't want to be that guy that doesn't support other artists. Yeah. So I missed when I was supposed to be on because I was working. And so they kept calling, kept calling, like, hey, Mike, you should get on the Zoom. I'm like, mm, okay. They really want me to get on the Zoom. So I get on. I'm in the ICU. I'm talking to these nurses. And so they were like, all right, and for best film for a hometowner. And I'm like, hey, this is that category, y'all. And they were like, um, and the winner is empty. I was like, man, that sounds like my film. It's <laughs> <laughs> like I had a film named Empty. And so they were like, oh, Michael Butler Jr. And I'm like, okay. Sounds like I, my name. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know that it's still not registering that yeah. I won until, you know, I got the phone in my hand. And then all of a sudden my screen says recording. And they're like recording my reaction. Oh, and snap. I don't have an acceptance speech. I don't have anything ready. Yeah. I'm just winging it, man. I'm just Dang. I'm just going for it. And then the next day, I'm in the Memphis Flyer, and they're talking about my acceptance speech. That's crazy. <laughs> talking about, like, and uh, they were saying, like, you know, uh, any Memphis awards came out, and the person who was the most excited was Michael Butler Jr., who kept saying, oh, my God, I won. <laughs> That's so, awesome. So yeah, that's that's uh, it's just it's been a, a weird ride of how I got to where I am. Yeah, because um, I never came in with these aspirations. Mm. You know, I just kind of wanted to just I don't know, just it's just like a hobby. Yeah, yeah. That's turned into a, a profession. Which so. you never mentioned money, like this whole time you've talked about. Yeah, that. it's never, never been about money. Yeah, you know, um, I, I mean, I, I like money. I like to get paid. Yeah. you know, like anybody, but. I didn't get into it for money, and I think that's that 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 has given me a little bit of uh, peace, in a way of like I'm just you know also that I work, so that gives me I'm not chasing it, you know some there are a lot of you know creatives that that's their only gig, so you know they do things for a little cheaper than they normally would, or they have to chase it, and I don't advertise, I don't I don't hound anybody about doing anything. You know, I set the price. This is how much it costs. If you don't like it or not, this is what it is, and I'm not. I'm okay. If and I, I like to be able to say, Nah, I don't want to do that project. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of creatives don't get a chance to do that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, it's not. It's never about money. It's even to this day. It's not about money. Yeah. It, 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 I think once you do it strictly for money, it loses its fun value. Yeah. And it's fun right now. Yeah. It's still fun. And I, I feel that way about my podcast. Like, yeah. there's been people, you know, I've, I've, most of the time, I'd say 90% of the time, I'm asking people to come on the podcast. Yeah. And then there have been some times where people have asked me to come on the podcast. Yeah. And, like, at that point, I think about when do I get to the point where, like, people are constantly asking me to yeah. come on the podcast. Yeah. And then I have to think about, oh, like that's when money comes into it because then I have to because I really I never want money to be a factor in this podcast as far as like people coming on because then it becomes like did that person have enough money to get on the podcast you know what I mean yeah because right now I'm choosing the people right but if people are offering money then it becomes the money's choosing the people right and not me yeah, I don't want that. <laughs> yeah, money money will cloud things. Yeah. You know, it 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 it's when when what you do for fun or as a as a 
you know, like a hobby or just full of love becomes a money thing. Yeah. It, it's no longer fun. It's it's a business now. Yeah. And then when things become a business, they they just go weird. Yeah. They they can get weird. Money can money is awesome, but money is also terrible at the same time. It is. Yeah, it sucks. Especially with like they say never mix uh was it business and friends. Yeah. Cuz like if you're just hanging out with so let's <laughs> say you got a, a really good friend. Yeah. And they're like, hey, man, we should, like, shoot a movie together sometime. Right, right. And then now it's like, oh, yeah, I do this for money. Yeah. So now it's like, ugh. Yeah, and see, I, I have to balance that sometimes. Cause that, so I started a production company okay. um, last year. Um, we're small. We, it's just me and my dog. My dog's the Is your thing. Instagram name the name of the company? No. So I have, well, yes, I have two Instagrams. Oh, so okay. my uh, underscore, which I hate the underscore, underscore O-N-E-9-0-1 is was my photography page. Oh, but it's it's kind of okay. morphed into my life. Yeah, yeah. Instead of just photography, because yeah. I'm more than just pictures. So Papa Bear Productions is my production company. Oh, and it has okay. its own Instagram. And it's it's more businessy. You know, I don't have yeah. any fun over there. So, <laughs> you know, it's just, this is the shoot. This is the client. You know, mm. maybe a gear pick. Or, uh, you know, it's, it's business. Yeah. You know, I don't post anything. Where I'm, you know, I don't know, somewhere on Bill Street with double cupping two drinks. You know, that's for one I don't want. You know, but Papa Bear can't do that. Yeah. You know, so I I, I have to separate the two. But um, I um, I have some friends, and um, this is my this is my motto when it comes to friends and business. If you're my real friend, you know I can't do it for free. Mm. You know, if if you're my friend, you wouldn't ask me to do something for free. Yes. You I know, that statement. Uh, because, you know, my situation, you know, that I got to eat just like you got to eat. Yeah. So but there are love projects, you know, uh, me and my friends have everything called friend points. Mm -hmm. So my buddy Alex calls and says, hey, I need to cash in some friend points. I know that means it's a favor for a favor. Yeah. You know, and that that's cool. You know, or if we're doing something like me and Alex shot a spec ad for a Nike uh, maybe two weeks ago now, maybe three weeks ago now. And I, I just hit him. I was like, yo, I'm shooting a spec ad. There's really no money involved. I was like, you know, but, you know, we can get you some content. He's an amazing photographer. Okay. And, um, and so he's like, yeah, let's do it. I'm like, all right, cool. You know, so I know that if he has a project, he's like, yo, Mike, I need someone to do behind the scenes photos or, you know, carry the equipment. Well, I got to cash in those friend points. Yeah. So, you know, in that in that sense, it's cool. But, you know, you got to have people that are like-minded and people that understand their roles and things. Um, that's the hard part. Mm. Um, roles. Um, cause I was about to say, because, like, it makes it a lot better if you've got friends that do different things. Yes. Um so now that I've become a filmmaker, uh, I'm a director and a uh, um, and a cinematographer. Mm -hmm. So I operate a camera and I also direct films. So, but I, I also know every role in a production now. Mm -hmm. So you know I have a buddy that he's a director, and so he wanted me to come in on a project as a grip. And grip is like the guys who set up and break down the equipment and stuff okay. like that. You know it's. Grips are very important. I, I wanna I wanna stress. They're very important, but people act like they're the bottom rung. But they're mm. very, very important. So I'm like, yeah, cool. Yeah, I'll do it, you know. 
I'll do I'll do grip. But there are a lot of directors that won't do grip because they feel like it's a demotion. Oh. So I understand roles and what we call set etiquette. Everyone has a role, and the end goal is the final product. Regardless of your job, final product. Do your job effectively, and then we can have the final product, and everyone gets the glory. But if you work with people who are, well, I'm a director, and then I'm a director, you know, then you have, yeah, you know, button heads. Yeah. And that I only work with people that can work on the team, yeah, and that don't mind playing their part and doing their part only, yeah. And that's hard to find. Too many chiefs, not enough Indians. It's so <laughs> many chiefs, man. So many, and um, that that's key, you know, on any on anything, you know, even. I got a buddy. Uh, he does a podcast. The guy I was mentioning, um, you two. Um, he's he does a podcast with uh, three other guys, mm. and you know he does everything from setup, breakdown, editing, distribution, all that. And he's got guys that want to. Oh, we should do this, and oh, we should do that. But it's like, hey, you know, if everyone's doing an equal amount of work, everyone should have input. Yeah. But if one person is carrying the load. Nah. <laughs> nah. Yeah. So that it, it's it's hard to find people that believe in the end product only yeah. and not their individual glory. Yeah. And that's that's hard to find. I mean it's true for sports as, oh, as yeah. well. So I mean yeah. like if you have people who aren't buying in to the whole team concept, right. then you're not going to have a great team. Right. Everyone can be a – well, I can't say that. <laughs> I can't say that. That's, that's bad. Um, uh, rest in peace, Kobe. But, uh, you know, you can't be a ball hog. You know, yeah. um, and, and I – you know, you know, Kobe got that as an early on, mm -hmm. which, I, which I got. I understood, you know, he played with Shaq. You know, so, you know, everyone wants their moment to shine, but you also have to understand that, you know, Michael Jordan won – MVP, scoring champ, and defensive player of the year in the same year, but did not make the playoffs. That's crazy. Ain't that crazy? I didn't know that. <laughs> right. <laughs> they didn't make the playoffs. So, you know, um, I don't think they made the playoffs. Oh, they got bounced first round. Either way, you know, you can have all these accolades, but you're not winning anything. Yeah. You know, personal, personal things are great, but, you know, winning a championship or delivering a, a quality product is the goal. Mm -hmm. It should be the goal. But there are a lot of David Ruffins out there, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that when when you do find the people that you can work with, like that's when you know you got something special. Yeah, like, man. You know, hey, what we're about to do can just take off because right. we get it. Like some people right. just don't get it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> a lot of people don't, you know, um, I got a, 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 a buddy, uh, his name is KD. He always says, you know, you see the vision. Mm -hmm. Like that that's his 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 catchphrase. Okay. You see the vision. And so but it's true, like when you have like if I call Alex and I'm like, yo, Alex, I wanna do this, he sees the vision. So he's like, All right, what do you need me to do? You know, what's my job? Or my guy Michael Morrison. He was like, Hey, so what what's my role? And when you get that group, it's just it's just you make way better stuff. Because mm. everybody's everybody's doing their job. They're and, buying in. Yeah, and when I first started doing photography and even um, videography, I was doing everything by myself, mm. you know, and I never really got anything accomplished because, it was, you know, once you wear so many hats, you know, you're a master 
you know, a jack of all trades, but a master of none. Yeah. You know, I did all these things, but I wasn't doing all of them really well. Yeah. You know, so once I once I bought into, okay, you got to get a team because you just got to get a team. Spike Lee doesn't make movies by itself. Yeah. So he doesn't even operate a camera, which most people don't know. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so, you know, um, you know, so I got a team, you know, I got Alex and I got Mike and I got uh, KD and I got, you know, uh, my dog, he's the mascot. And then my daughter, she's she's 13. So she's an assistant, you know. So once I started building this little team, I started to see the production value go up. Mm-hmm. Everything went up. And also it made it easier on me and we could attract a bigger client. Mm. Because now, not only are we putting out consistent work, we're putting out quality work. Yeah, and that's the key. Yeah. So yeah, I'm. Um, I've started thinking about that. Uh, one of my friends, he he does photography and stuff like that, and he was like, "Man, you gotta learn how to delegate." <laughs> yeah, it's hard, man. Yeah, because it's your baby. Yeah. You know, it's your baby, and you don't. No one. No one loves your stuff as much as you do. Yeah. Nobody. <laughs> and, and that that's the that's the hard part about it yeah. is delegating and trusting other people to oh, do it. Oh yeah. You know, because we all feel like we can do it better than anybody else. Yes. But, you know, you might still be able to do it better than the next person, but it, it helps you. Yeah. You know, if you can, even if they don't do it, you know, if you edit your podcast and you get someone else to edit it for you, right? They might not edit it like you, but at least you don't have to go from start to finish. You can Correct. go from like halfway, and it, it saves you a little time, yeah, and a little headache. So having a team is important. I yeah. it took me a long time <laughs> to realize. Like it took me forever to get an assistant, mm. and I got an assistant because I couldn't keep up with the calendar. Okay, and you know I thought I'm like yeah I'll put you on the calendar. You know someone like oh, I want to do a photo shoot. I'm like yeah we'll do it on Wednesday. Cool. And then Wednesday comes around, oh, I forgot, you know. And so I was like, I gotta get a, I gotta, I gotta get someone to do this. And I uh, found someone. uh, Shout out Brandy, shout out Brandy, and uh, she's still my assistant to this day. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I I hired Brandy, and uh, man, everything got better. Yeah, you know, all my things are on. I don't have to ask people like, what are you wearing? You know, what where do you want to shoot at? Mm. Um, what's your concept? What's, you know, how many images are you expecting to be delivered? You know, she does all that. Mm. So I focus on my thing, like shooting, the lens, and things like that. And she handles that. And when I finish and I edit, I hand them to her and she delivers. Mm. And so it just takes, it just takes, I can do what I really want to do. Because no one wants to do the business side of things. Yeah. The clerical stuff. No one wants to do that. Yeah. It just takes that away. And trusting her over these years has been amazing. Amazing. And, like, I I tell anybody, hey, if you're doing any business, get an assistant. Get an assistant. So did you have to teach her your your ways? Or did you just assume she knew what she was doing? Like, you just like, oh, you know what you're doing. So I got lucky with her. So she was another photographer's assistant. Okay. Uh, prior, and he kind of—I don't know—he, I think he just kind of stopped for a minute, and he didn't need an assistant anymore. Oh. Okay. And so me and him were friends, and so he was like, "Hey, you know, I heard you need an assistant." I'm like, "Yeah, I think I put a Facebook post out," and he was like, "Yo, you should reach out to Brandy." And so she, she knew a lot of things, but then she taught me a lot of things hmm. about how to streamline things. You know, at that point, I didn't have an email address. 
for photos. Dang. I was just going through like Facebook Messenger and stuff. Mm. She's like, no, you got to get a, you know, you should get a website and you should get this and you should get that. And this is how you should do it. You should have contract and letterheads. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, but it, and that that's the beauty of bringing on a team. Yeah. You know, things that you wouldn't even think about. You People know. can contribute. Yeah. And you just got to trust them. And it's hard because it's it's your baby. Yeah. It's your baby. I've, I've learned a good bit from, um, so I had a guy on, Ryan Olson, okay. and uh, he does, he's an audio engineer, okay. and um, he was like, <laughs> one time he just randomly texted me after the podcast, yeah. and he was like, man, I got a question, it's pretty much a, a business proposition, because he, he wanted to go in on a studio with me, okay. and um, so now we've been, you know, we've been getting together, I take a lot of his photos, and he puts them on his Instagram, and he's... Uh, he's taught me a good bit about stuff that I was like, man, that's that's pretty crazy because yeah. I was I didn't I didn't think the way that he was thinking, right? And right. then you know I've taught him stuff as well, but yeah. the the great thing again about the whole like roles thing, like I do all my own stuff with uh, audio engineer, like I know how to record, mix my own stuff and yeah. everything, but I'm starting to let him do my stuff, yeah, because he thinks differently than I do. Right. And he might be better than me in, in engineering and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, I wouldn't have done it that way. I would have done it this way. <laughs> right. But at the se- by the end of the day, I didn't have to do anything. He right. did everything. <laughs> right. It's, it's so much easier to go back and, and change one or two things. Yeah. Than everything. Yeah. You know, so, it, it, yeah, it's, it's hard to give up that control because, no one loves it like you. Yeah. And no one cares about it as much as you care about it. Yeah. And so it's like giving a baby away. Yeah. It's literally like giving a baby away. And like, just watching somebody else raise it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm going to watch this baby from the sideline. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, you just have to have a lot of trust, man. And it's hard to trust people because you don't know who's there to help or who's there to take. Yeah. And that's the big deal. And so I have a thing where uh, on my sets, um, I will let, you know, new filmmakers come on. You know, I'll teach you set etiquette. I'll teach you every job behind scenes, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, But I have certain guidelines. Like, I feel like if you've directed a film already, you can't be on my set. Mm. You can't be on my set. Um, now if you're someone that's, you know, you're, you're learning, you know, you're trying to do things like you're trying to learn the business, you're trying to learn how to be a better filmmaker, I'll, I'll bring you on. Mm-hmm. But if you're, you already directed a couple films, no. Cause I know, I feel like you've, you should know certain, mm-hmm. certain things. Now we can do a one-on-one, but I can't bring you on set. Okay. You know, but I can, we can do a one-on-one, we can do a consultation, we can meet up, we can have a drink, all those cool things. But I can't bring you on set. Okay. Um, so that, that's been my big thing. And with photographers, if I, I tell people, especially new guys, they, they always, you know, they'll reach out. I'm like, hey, can, can I, you know, hang out with you? We go take photos or teach me some things. Yeah, I can. But I tell people, if you, if you just got started, don't charge people. Mm. You know, just learn. Yeah. Learn. You know, don't tell people you're a photographer and you just bought a camera two <laughs> days ago. 
and because you're always judged on your worst work. Okay. You're always gonna be judged on that. And I didn't charge anybody for like a year. Oh wow. Because I wanted to learn how to use a camera, and then it wasn't about money. So I feel if you've already been charging people and doing photo shoots, well. Go ahead. <laughs> Do you. Continue. Yeah, continue doing that. Uh, because I I know at that point, either you're here to kind of take what I do, or I don't know. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's not really a competition thing because I, I don't compete with anybody. It's just, I feel that if you put yourself out there as this professional, then there's not much we can do other than, like, you know, meet on a professional business lunch. Yeah. You know, I can't teach you if you're already a pro. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, and I wouldn't go to a pro and say, hey, teach me what you know. Mm. You know, I would say, hey, I like what you do. You know, uh, if you need any help if, in grip, mm. I'll, I'll do grip, you know, or, hey, I'll be your assistant for the day or whatever. Do you feel like you're stealing their time? I feel like um, if, if you... I, I guess I guess in a sense it could be stealing time. Um, like if I if I come to you and ask you, hey, could you? I, I don't know anything about engineering, uh, but I would like to help you. I, I don't know, break break down your setup or mm. or set it up. Um, I wouldn't charge. I wouldn't want to be paid for that because mm. I'll be learning in the process. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, so for that, you know, I don't think I'm stealing time, but I guess I could be stealing time at that point. I don't know. No, I don't think that's still in time because you're learning something. Yeah, yeah. You're going to be learning something. Uh, but if I was like, you know, if I had a podcast that was in competition with your podcast, mm -hmm. and then I said, hey, I want to come in, you know, on your podcast and help you do X, Y, Z, you yeah. would be like, oh, oh that, that's what I meant. Yeah. I meant by, do you feel that's like stealing the time? Yeah. So if like some great photographer, you know, yeah. was trying to. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah, like that's yeah. That's the stealing time. Yeah, it's like okay. yeah, it's like okay. You know, you you could be doing your own thing. Yeah. You know, and and I could be helping someone who really needs to help. Yeah, yeah. You know, at that point, it's more like, are you just trying to see what I do? Mm -hmm. You know, and which is no secret to yeah. what I do, but it's just I don't know. It's like a I don't know, like two roosters, I guess. Yeah. You know, we got our own hands, but eh, you don't have to come to my hen house. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I, you know. It's it's one of those things. I just yeah. don't. I feel if you've already gotten there, it's not much I can show you. Yeah. You know, uh, especially if you haven't taken the time to, you know, study your craft, learn your your camera or your gear, and you just I'm already doing this, and then now it's like, well, now I've got to that point, and it's not going well. Mm -hmm. So let me backtrack. Yeah. It's like you skip so many steps, and I can't be there for the fall. Mm. You know, I rather, you know, I, I just tell them, hey, I learned everything from YouTube. Yeah. You know, pick pick something, go with that. I'll give you pointers, but I can't bring you on. Yeah. You know, but from afar, yeah. But I can't bring you on. So. Who's um uh, who's your YouTube people? Oh man. It used to be <laughs> it used to be like Peter McKinnon, yeah. Maddie Hipoja. Those guys are great. Um I haven't heard of Maddie. Uh Maddie's really cool. He's he's another Canadian guy. It's like all the YouTube guys are like Canadian now, the big guys. Who's the guy that's with uh, for real? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like all of them are like yeah. Canadian. Who's the guy that's always with Peter? I can't think uh, of his name. Blonde hair. I think so. Yeah, that's Maddie. 
That's Maddie. Yeah, the Maddie okay. Hippolyta. Yeah, he's they, got his own YouTube now too. They like went to a lake together. Yeah. Um, yeah. Shoot, what's the name of that lake? I can't remember. But um, that one was pretty funny. Yeah. And yeah, but they've done a good bit of videos. Yeah. And stuff together. And, you know, I wish the, <laughs> you know, I look at them like, I look at them like Atlanta rappers. Mm. They all stick together. Yeah, yeah. You know, all the Canadian YouTubers are like friends. Yeah, yeah. And it's so weird. You know, I like I like that. You know, um, I think it's because they they all have their own thing, but they can work together. Like I love collabing with people. Yeah. But it's the teaching part that's weird to me. But we can collab any day. Like mm-hmm. if it's a project, yeah, let's do it. Um, but the uh, I kind of strayed away from those guys because they're they're like big in YouTube. Mm. So now it's more like, hey, this camera's great. And then the next week, but this camera's greater. <laughs> it's like, but I just bought this camera, man, because you told me about this camera. <laughs> and now you're telling me this camera's crap. Oh man. You know, so they're they're at that point, which hey, get your bread. But they're yeah. at that point where it's like, you know, they got Canon and Sony and Nikon and Red. Yeah. Like, tell them, like, yo, hey, we'll give you this free camera. We can tell everybody it's cool. And yeah. they're like, yeah, this camera's cool. And because, you know, <laughs> I was, it didn't hit me until I'm, I'm sitting there watching the guy who's with Peter a lot. And he's like this filmmaker in Canada. And I'm like, this dude's awesome. You know, all his work is awesome. And so he gets this, the Sony that I bought, uh, the Sony A7S III, which I absolutely love. Mm. And so he gets it. He's like, oh, it's the best camera you can get. Okay, cool. But then he puts out some footage, and it's terrible. He didn't even oh, know how to snap. use it. He didn't know how to use it. And I'm like, but you shoot, like, big stuff. And, yeah. And you can't use this camera. And he's, like, asking for tips. I'm like, And then he goes back, like, a couple weeks later, wood drops. It was, it was a Canon. Oh, what is the Canon? What Canon was that? Is the R five? Not the R five. He that was before. Okay. The R five came out like a couple weeks before. It was like a crazy succession of cameras. Yeah. C seventy. Okay. It was a C seventy. So then he goes, Oh, this is the best camera to get. I'm like, what? <laughs> and then Red drops a new camera. A Komodo. Komodo. Yeah. yeah. Which, I, which I was like, Yeah, I gotta get the Komodo. I gotta get the Komodo. And so he's like, No, this is the best camera. And so he's like, Yeah, I'm not gonna do Sony. You know. Then Sony just dropped the FX three like yep. a week ago. Yep. Here is Maddie. Oh, it's the best camera you, get you can get. <laughs> I was like, what? So apparently the FX3 is... An A7S3. Yeah. yeah. Everybody said it's basically... And so one of my favorite people, another Canadian, Gerald Undone. I love Gerald. So Gerald seems like your ideal person because yeah. Gerald seems like the type of person, even though he's starting to, you know, he's trending now. Yeah. It's like he's still a guy that's figuring it out. You know yeah, what I mean? He seems yeah. more raw. He seems real. Yeah. And he, he does his homework. Yeah. And I think that's really what I like about it. It's, it's not about the cool factor with him. Yeah, yeah. It's like, these are the specs. These are the facts. These are the facts. <laughs> these are the facts based on these tests. Yeah. This is it. <laughs> Get what you want. Yeah. So I, I do like him. He doesn't push anything on me but story blocks, and that's okay with me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with story blocks. Him and um, Shoot. I don't know if you're big into computer stuff as well. A little bit. But, um, oh, what is this guy's name? I think his name is, I think it starts with an M. It's going to kill me. But uh, he does oh, a lot Mar- of Apple Mar- stuff. Um, um, is Mar- Marquise, the MK guy? No, not MKBHD. Okay. Um, this is a white guy, and he's Canadian. Oh, um, 
I can't think of his name. What's going on in the Canadian? He, um, actually, I just recently watched one of his videos. I'm gonna look that up right quick. But um, I'm trying to think who else do I like. Um, I like uh, YC. Yeah, I like, I like YC him a lot. Uh, he's really dope. Um, there's another guy that I watch a lot. He's he's not Canadian. He's English. I can't think of his name. No, he's Australian. He's Australian. He's really cool. I just, I literally just watched one of his videos. I hate when I can't think of somebody's right. name. But it's like I watch <laughs> these people every day. <laughs> yeah, it bothers me I so bad. I watch these people like every day. And oh, I, I like Mark Boone. Mark Boone. Yeah, he's like a he's a filmmaker. Uh, he's amazing, man. He he's he's like the best. I just watched this video today. Where is this? You got to go to the library and then history. Yeah, I'm <laughs> in my history scrolling through and I'm so confused on where this. Oh, here it is Max Max Tech. Max Tech. Well, actually, that's his tech page. He's, hold on, let me see if I can find him. He's I got think, another. I think I follow him. He's got two different. Oh, yeah, yeah, I like him. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah. talking about? Yeah, I like him. Okay, I love his stuff because yeah. he's kind of like Gerald. Yeah, yeah, he is. He's like, he's these are the facts. <laughs> yeah, he's really good. People yeah. give him a lot of crap. Um, really? Yeah, because um, he's real. You know, he's not going to tell you. He's, he tells you exactly, yo, this is how fast this thing exports. Yeah, and this yeah. is what it is. Yeah. You know, so I like him a lot. Um, James Matthews is a guy that I like a lot. I and um, stuff. Uh, Potato Jet. I don't think I've seen that. Oh, you love Potato Jet, man. Okay. He's like a crazy Hollywood filmmaker guy. Um, he's Asian, but I think he's Canadian, too, because he hung out with those Jesus. guys. <laughs> uh, but he's funny. Okay. He's really funny. Um, he'll shoot like a a kid's baseball game with a fifty thousand dollar camera. <laughs> <laughs> He's like on that level. He he built oh, like a man. crazy like uh, cinema rig gimbal thing on a a Cadillac. Like it's this huge arm hanging off this Cadillac, and he's following his car around. It's oh my. God. He does the craziest stuff, but yeah. uh, I like him a lot. Um, but yeah. Um, you got it. I mean, these YouTube guys—they're they're all Canadian. Yeah, every one of them. It's so weird. Like, <laughs> where are the American guys? At? Yeah. Even uh, <laughs> have you ever seen Linus? Linus, Linus Tech Tips. Mm-mm. He uh, again, that's more like computer stuff. Okay. But um, he's he's Canadian, and okay. then he he collabs with um, he did some collabs with I Justine. I don't think I know that. You never seen her? No. Um. Who else has he done some work with? I'm have to look up all these people. He's, I think Justine did a video with MKBHD. Okay. And but yeah, they all like you know they all end up working with each other eventually. Yeah, but eventually they yeah. do. Um, which is cool. I, I I like it. I like the YouTube collabs. Those yeah. are really cool. Yeah. There was the guy. Um, who was the guy everybody wanted to be like? Um, Casey. Casey Neistat. I haven't heard of him. Yeah, he started this whole YouTube boom. Okay. This whole daily vlogging thing. Mm. Uh, he started that years ago, man. Um, he was, he probably, I don't think he's on YouTube anymore. He might be back now, but he was like the biggest YouTuber ever. Mm. Like, he was like next level. Dang. Yeah, he was the guy before all this stuff happened. So how do you feel about, so Peter is basically canon. Like, yeah, he's 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 a canon guy. Uh, yeah, even you have Cinema people side. like I think Jared's more Sony. Yeah, Sony. Uh, yeah, uh, Jared, Gerald. Yeah. So, what do you think about 
like, do you think that that's good for people to have, like, if, well, if I need Canon stuff, I go to Peter. If I yeah. need Sony stuff, I can go to Gerald. Like, you think that's good, or do you think I mean, it's yeah. nice to have the mixture? So, I'm, I'm a Sony guy. Yeah. Strictly. Me too. That's it. You know, but I use everybody else's glass. Really? Okay. Yeah. Cause so cause you can put any glass on Sony. Yeah. Literally anything. So um Sony bodies are my thing. Um I I I do have a black magic camera. Mm-hmm. Uh I'm gonna buy another one, which I love black magic. But um Sony is my go to for everything. Okay. Uh and I like so in, in photography, you don't have to, re- well, you really got to stick. So you really have to stick with your ecosystem. It's like yeah. Apple and Android. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You got to stick. Like if you buy all these Sony lenses, pretty much stuck. Yeah. You got to stay Sony. If you go Canon, you can kind of go either way. But um, I like that they're kind of specialized in their own thing but are willing to try the other side. Mm. That's cool. But um, everyone's got brand loyalty. Yeah. You know, um, it's just one of those things. I, I don't, I know Gerald's use cannons, but you can tell, like, he's not, like, feeling it. Yeah. You know, uh, and you can show, like, when, when Peter uses a Sony, he's not really feeling it. Yeah. So, um, at least they try it. That's something, but, yeah. you know, I think Maddie's going more Sony now. Mm-hmm. Um, for day-to-day stuff. Because there was a time when Peter McKinnon swore off the GoPro. Hmm. Like that was his deal. Like never use a GoPro. And now he's on the GoPro. So hmm. it's a weird thing. I I don't know. There's always gonna be brand love. Yeah. You know. I I think I think Canon sucks. But that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> that's just me. I will say, as far as like picture quality, mm-hmm. I think Canon does better when it comes to cheaper cameras. Yeah, of course. Their so, lenses are cheaper. Yeah. I um I use my first camera that I bought. Uh, it was 2017 or 2018. Mm-hmm. I bought a, um, what was it? A T5. T7i. Oh, big boy. T7i. <laughs> and uh, I compared those photos to the A7 III, yeah. and they're pretty identical. Yeah. Uh, so our, the thing with Sony, I mean, with Canon, Canon's color science is oh, amazing. Yeah. yeah, it's phenomenal. It's, it's, it's everything. Yeah. Like, Hands down, they have the best colors. And you can get those colors out of Sony. You just got to warm it up a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. Canon colors are just warmer. Okay. So they look more pleasing. Nikons are cooler. And Sony is right in the middle, true to life. Okay. So it's like, which, if right out of the box, that's your flavors, you know. But if you can edit, you can get anything you want. Okay. So that's kind of what it is. So I tell people now, just get the camera, get whatever camera. Because mm-hmm. they all do the same thing. You know, the colors... They look different, but, you know, you just slide to the right or slide to the left, and <laughs> you're close. There you're pretty you close. Hmm. So um, I, um, I, I prefer Sony now hmm. because the, uh, the new color science is closer to Canon's. Oh. So, like, your A7 is on your old color science. Well, the second. Sony can't seem to get it right. Yeah. So the first batch was terrible. Then they had the A7 III, which had a better color science. And mm. now it's the A7C, the A7S III, and the FX3. They have the newer colors, and they're better than Canon's colors. Oh. Yeah. But now Canon's colors, mirrorless, 
are worse than Sony's mirrorless. What? But Canon's DSLR colors are way better. Yeah, their mirrorless is the new thing for them. So they mm. got to get that together. So they just haven't figured it out yet. Yeah, they haven't figured it out. Sony's got their leg up okay. because they started mirrorless years ago. Yeah, yeah. So they're the king. So Canon's just got into it. They've had five or six cameras that have failed, mm. and now they're on the R5, R6, which are great. Yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, Nikon's in the mirrorless game now. And yeah. it, I think Nikon's going out of business now. What? I think so. I think oh, I saw that snap. announced that they were going they were going to stop making cameras. I heard um I think it was Panasonic. I yeah. think they're doing I think they're going out of business. Oh, that sucks. That, yeah. That does suck. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know anybody. Well, I know one guy that uses Panasonic's. Just one guy. So it's deaf to micro four thirds right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like just just finding the right thing. Yeah. As we were talking about, like so many people will talk up a certain camera, so you're like, Oh, this is this is what I need. End all be all. Yeah. And then what makes it even worse is technology today. Yeah. It's just expanding so quickly. Right. That you know, it's everybody <laughs> Well, okay, so Sony just came out with the A one. Right. That's it's that's overkill. gonna be king for a while. Yeah, it's so overkill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but eventually you know something's going to overtake yeah, it. Yeah. And I bet I bet it's going to be like 2 or 3 years from now. Right, right. There's something going to there's always going to be something better. Um I tell people all the time don't chase tech. Mm. Cuz you'll never you never win. Yeah. You're going to go broke. Yeah. You know, uh when it comes to like cameras, don't invest in the body. Invest in glass. Mm. Always invest in glass. So they've been using pretty much the same Lenses yeah. for a while. Yeah, yeah, lenses are eternal. Yeah. You know, that's where the money is, uh, is in the glass. The bodies are going to change. Yeah. You're going to go through bodies because they're going to they're gonna go out. The mirror is going to go out. The 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 shutter is going to fail at some point. The glass will always be there. Mm. You know, and I tell people all the time, you know, if you're just getting into the game, uh, one, the cheapest way in is Canon. Mm. It's always going to be the cheapest way in because yeah. they've been around forever and they've got a million and ten lenses at this point. So they're going to be cheaper, hands down. You can go get a, a Canon T5 or a T6 right now with a 50 millimeter for 400 bucks mm. or less. It's the cheapest. The cheapest Sony is like 700 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> so, and if you want a lens, maybe the cheapest Sony lens, the well, the 50 is like 250 yeah. yeah. Well, the kit lens, probably the, yeah. the twenty-four to seventy kit lens. Yeah, that's, that's if, probably one of the cheapest ones. Yeah, if you get that, um, you're looking at like a thousand bucks again in Sony. You know, it's a thousand bucks. Yeah. And ain't nothing, ain't nothing cheap after that. Yeah. You know, um, so after that, you know, like I tell people, you know, even if you go with a crop camera, which most people don't know the difference between crop and crop and full frame, always buy full frame lenses, even okay. on your crop. Yeah. Buy the full frame lenses because eventually you might go full frame. Yeah. And you don't want to have to buy all new lenses and no one shoots crop anyway. <laughs> but um even though film is big in crop. Yeah. Huge. Super thirty five is everything. Um but um that's that's the the best way in. I tell people just get get a camera. Just get a camera. It doesn't matter. Canon, Nikon, Sony. Panasonic, whatever. Just yeah. if you really want to do it, just just get a camera and go from there. Start small. First camera shouldn't even be a brand new camera. Get a used camera and practice. Yeah, that's it. I think people 
in general, like just everybody should just have a camera. Yeah, I think so too. It's a good investment yeah. for you because everybody wants to capture memories. Yeah. Like, you're going to be with your family. Yeah. And you, you never know when you're going to need it. Um, I mean, cell phones have come a long way. I don't personally use cell phone cameras, but they've come a long way. They're great. But you should always have a camera on you all the time because anything can happen. You know, you're with the family and I'm going to record this quick little video. You know, uh, I, I remember the days, you know, when I was a kid and my dad had the, you know, the big cam- yeah, camcorder. Yeah, the shoulder. Yeah, and he was always, like, filming us. And, you know, we hated it, you know. And it wasn't until my dad passed that, you know, going back and looking at that stuff, like, those memories, man, they're they're forever. And they, they take you back. So having a camera is amazing Yeah, just to recreate that, yeah. you know, have that, those same feelings. You know, I I love the fact that like they've got all these LUTs that you can yeah. make it look like old film yeah, and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. But even they have isn't Fuji known for having like a like that film type? Yeah. So my buddy just bought a Fuji. I will say if if if, if anything, uh, Fuji has the absolute best colors of any camera system. Oh really? Any camera system, right out of the box, Fuji is the best that everyone wants their their colors to look like fujis okay they are the best and they are really expensive Mm. (laughs) but uh fuji is the best and it just has this i don't know man it's just something about it it's not too sharp you know not too out of focus it's it's just i don't know it's just it takes you back to a different time of actual film and Mm. this is on their digital cameras it's just it's just beautiful I, I couldn't go Fuji because they don't have a full frame equivalent. Oh, okay. So um, that's on the same level as the A7 III, A7S III. Oh, okay. So that's why I haven't gone Fuji. I would, though. So when it comes to, like, photography and then um, – actually, so scratch that question right quick. The difference between videography and cinematography. Mm-hmm. Can you expand a little bit on that? Okay. All right. So, all right. Uh, <laughs> it's – all right, because they're really loose definitions. They're yeah. pre- practically the same, but they're not the same. All right, so a videographer would be someone, how I would define that person, would be a person that isn't actually filming in the correct way. Mm-hmm. They're just the hit record. That would be more of a videographer. Just capturing a moment. Just capturing a moment. Or, you know, there's not really a lot of, like, thought into the shots and how to film. Because there's a, there's a way to do it. Mm-hmm. And so it's more like that. It's just like, it's just more of a, well, I can't really say that. That wouldn't really be a videographer. Okay. Videographer would be, it was just on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> it was just there. Man, it was just there. Cause that's when I that's when I backtrack, um, man. Well, let me go into cinematography. Let's just go there. Okay. A cinematographer would be someone who does film, like movies. Mm. That's now I'm back on my subject. Now I know where I'm at. All right. So someone who shoots short films, uh, uh, big picture, big budgets, um, film in it in in its entirety of what we know as film, like movies, TV shows, things like that. As a videographer, wouldn't do that. It's more of your um, maybe events, um, home movies, stuff like that. It's it's not as as production driven. It's mm-hmm. not as like technical 
as a cinematographer. Like I call myself a cinematographer because I one I direct and I also um, I like my own scenes and I film the right way. Like mm. they say you should film. A videographer wouldn't really do all that. They would kind of like uh, let's say someone does behind the scenes video mm. of a of a shoot videographer. So would you say that a I guess a, a cinematographer could be a videographer, but a videographer can't be a cinematographer. Yeah. If if we're going by like titles. Yeah, yeah. So the guys in the film world really stick tight to the cinematographer thing because it's also a synonym for director. Mm. So, um, I didn't know that. Yeah, so a cinematographer and director are pretty much the same thing. Okay. Pretty much the same thing. Whereas a videographer would be a guy that, just, just holding with, the camera. Yeah, just <laughs> camera op. Because there's a, so that's the thing about film. There's so many hats yeah. that a lot of people don't know. So the director doesn't actually operate the camera. Yeah. And so there's a guy, they call him the DP. DP is the director of photographer, the, of the, the photography. He's the guy that stands next to the director. So he's over the camera. Okay. He's also over the lighting, uh, everything. But he might not actually operate the camera. Hmm. So that's where a camera op is, and sometimes that's the first uh, AC, um, which is a camera, camera op. Okay. AC, you know, so, um, yeah, so that would be your videographer, the guy actually operating the camera. Your cinematographer would be the guy directing him on operating the camera, and then your director would be the guy directing all of them. So who, what is a producer? Producer is the money man. Oh, yeah. Okay. So the producer is the person who fronts the money for the film. Hmm. Yeah. Or when you start getting into like executive, associate, and all those types. Yeah, yeah. It's based on how much money they put in. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So no film. <laughs> so if the producer wants something in or out, I mean it's just money. You gotta pretty much do it. Hmm. So the producer is, yeah. They get the. They usually have the money or get the team together. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the director, sometimes directors pick their team. Uh, normally they, they'll pick like a, a DP or something unless the producer has one that they really want to use. But the producer is the, they are producing this show. Yeah, in charge of production. Yeah, they're in charge of all okay. of it. Okay. And usually the money man. The executive producer is the money guy. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. speaking of all that, um, I think I was on – Who's Instagram? Somebody's Instagram. Mm -hmm. They were talking about Craig Brewster. Is that his name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Craig Brewer. Brewer. Yeah, Brewer. yeah, yeah, yeah. He, so, um, yeah. for those of you who don't know, um, there's Coming to America, and then it's like Coming to America Two. Mm -hmm. And uh, Have Craig, you seen it? I haven't. Okay. So Craig I watched Brewer. It last night. <laughs> <laughs> so Craig Brewer, who is a Memphis person, yeah, Memphian, yeah, yeah. however you want to say it, Memphian, Memphian. <laughs> um, he. Uh, directed it. He yes. is the director. He's the director. So now you know what a director is based off of yeah. <laughs> his a, explanation. A director runs the set. He he runs the set. Uh, he or she runs the set. They are responsible for everything. And the actual film is their vision. So the producer says, hey, well, yeah. Producer's like, yo, I got this film I want to make. You know, um, They pick a director and the director gets you know the concept and then they make it their film based on the concept mm. um the producer has a lot of wiggle room because it's their money um so would you say like producer and director like this or like 
producer is higher than a director. Okay, so producer is higher. Okay. On a on a on the set, on the actual set, the director is the guy, mm. but the producer overall is the man. So everybody knows names like Quentin Tarantino yeah. and Steven Spielberg, but right. they're all directors. They're right? directors. So directors really get the accolades mm. because they're 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 putting this movie together. Yeah. And it's their vision and it's their it's their baby. Yeah. It's just the producer is funding this. Uh, some producers are like, hey, you know, I want this and I want that. Yeah. You know, you kind of got to roll with that. But usually a producer are behind the scenes kind of guys, mm. um, all about the business side of things. The director is the actual guy that runs the whole thing. I don't know how much you know about football, but um, Robert Kraft, he yeah, yeah, owns yeah. the Patriots. He would be the producer. Yeah, he's the producer. He's the producer. Bill Belichick's Bill the director. The director. Okay. The director. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's how it goes. So it's his, it's his, it's his thing. But he lets Bill Belichick do his thing. Yeah. And you know, it's like, hey, Bill, like, you know, <laughs> hey, hey, we losing. Yeah. You know, we got to make some changes around here. Okay. So that's how a producer works. Gotcha. Yeah. So they're they're usually the um, the money guy. There's usually one big guy, big person, uh, and then there'll be like other little producers and they they put money into it and they're all trying to get their money back. Oh, okay. Based on like box office sales, distribution. Yeah. They want their money back. So, yeah. Do do like how much I guess outsourcing do they do for like so if you're a producer, mm -hmm. are you going to hire like a marketing person or are you the marketing person? They usually hire that. Okay. So, like the top dog producers um yeah, they're high. they have teams. Yeah, you know they're just there to like, yo, we'll fund the project, you know, and we'll pick our director, and then they go from there. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just kind of like everything has to go back through that person. Like, you know, like the Patriots. If we go back to football, like the Patriots aren't changing their logo without Robert Kraft signing off on it. Yeah, you know, so Bill Belichick can be like, hey, you know, we want to, you know, spice things up, like. But he's got to go through him. Yeah, you know, it's his team. It's his. It's his project. Oh, okay. So the producer. Some producers are very hands on. Um, there's different levels. Like it depends on the budget. You know, mm. I've worked on films where we like we have micro budgets, like no budget at all, and we still mm. have a producer. But that is the person that maybe went out and got the investment money, and they're gonna pay all of us. Yeah. You know, so they're the producer or executive producer, and. Um, on that level, they don't really come in and like, you know, but they're they're still there to be like, you know, put everything in place. Like, yeah. You know, here's our, this is the director we're going to use. Uh, this is the location we can use and, and things like that. You know, they, they'll set all that up yeah. you know, for the most part. I mean, usually they go with the director and like, hey, what's your vision for this? And yada, da, and if it's within budget and stuff like that, because the director is going to want to do everything. Yeah. Everything. So it's all got to be within the producer's scope of things. So. so with all the skills that you've, like, developed over time, when you end up, like, marketing yourself to somebody mm -hmm. and you're like, hey, this is what I can do, do you just <laughs> – like, what do you end up telling them? You're like, hey, I'm a cinematographer, photographer, videographer. <laughs> like, how do, how do you tell people? What do um, you do? So I'm, I'm just now starting to get into that uh, okay. because – all my projects have been like my own projects, you know. Um, so I kind of run a show, but now I'm starting to, you know, get scripts, and I'm having people like, "Hey, you know, we want you to 
you know, be our DP on this project mm-hmm. or, or something like that or direct this. So now um, when it comes to me, uh, when the work comes to me, you know, I just kind of give them a reel or, you know, show them what I do. And um, it kind of goes from there. You mm-hmm. know, if they're reaching out to me, they probably already seen some of my work. Yeah, yeah. But if I'm pitching, like uh, I pitched to, to Nike. You know, so I have a whole spiel, like, you know, this is what I do. This is what I can offer. Here's my, you know, my uh, my spec ad, you know. Uh, so how would you get in touch with them? So um, with that, you know, you, man, uh, for that, I don't know anybody at Nike, really. Yeah. So you just try to reach out to their marketing department and try mm-hmm. to get somebody, anybody, you know, like, hey, uh, like a spec ad is like a, it's like a speculation ad. That's that's what it's short for. So basically you, you produce something. Mm. And. You send it to them in hopes that they like it or even watch it and say, hey, we want to buy that or we want you to work with us. That's or, crazy. Or you use it. <laughs> it's like a pitch deck, you yeah. know, um, or media kit. I, I know a lot of artists use that media kits. Mm. Uh, it's basically saying, yo, this is what I can do for you. Mm. You know, would you like for me to do this for you? <laughs> 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 that's that's basically what it like is. Like whoring yourself out, basically. Right, you just you whoring yourself out yeah. to get work, you know. Yeah. So, you know, um, of course, you know, I don't think Nike's gonna look at it. I I don't know. They might, they might, but of course, you know, if you get somebody in their marketing department, they actually say something back. Yeah, and be like, yo, I got this video, and they might be like, okay, send it, whatever. And so you've already done it and sent it mm-hmm. to them. Yeah, yeah. You're waiting to hear back. Yeah, waiting to hear back. Oh, okay. Waiting to hear back. So I did get in touch with someone in their marketing department. Nice. I, after countless emails and bugging them on social media. Yeah. You know, I'm talking about bugging, like like thirsty guy bugging, and um. So it was a lady, um, and so she was like, "Yeah, just send it." And I'm like, "All right, cool." So I sent it, and it's been there like a week. Mm. So that's I'm not long. No, it's not long. That's yeah. that's really not long. Yeah. So um, I, I wasn't expecting an immediate, you know, response or whatever, and uh, so it's on Instagram. Um, I put it on Instagram. It was for Black History Month, and I put it on Instagram, and then this this little Black History, uh, no, this nonprofit in Santa Barbara, California, reached out to me and was like, "Hey." We saw this ad, you know, the spec ad you made for Nike. And like, uh, can we run that in our Black History Month program? I'm like, yeah. Like, nice. I was like, well, I got to take the Nike logo out, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> this is not for Nike. You Nike, know? you don't have a choice now. <laughs> right. It's in this thing. You got to, you got to, you got to put some money in. Your this. name's on it. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, um, they ran it, you know. Uh, so it's it's doing its job. Yeah. As a as an ad. You know, so it's making its rounds, and that that's the whole point of it is to <coughs> is to get you know more work. Yeah, and so um, so you get you you, you kind of that's really what you do when you try to get on. Uh, it, like uh, I reached out to Craig Brewer uh, okay. on his stuff. Uh, I was like, hey, look, I, I knew he was going to do coming to America. Like I reached out to Craig Brewer right before he started filming uh, Dolomite. Mm. And because Craig Brewer film Hustle and Flow. This dude is... Yeah, yeah. Okay, if you haven't seen Craig Brewer, <laughs> first of all, the name Craig Brewer, like, it it's, sounds like a white guy name. <laughs> Uber white guy. He's, he's a white guy. <laughs> <laughs> he is a white guy. Uber white guy. He's doing all these black movies. <laughs> yes. There's a lot but, of black I mean, movies. he's from Memphis, so... I mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's a, he's a Memphian. Uh, I think he moved to Memphis early in his life. But, oh, really? uh, but yeah, he's a, he's a Memphian. You know, once you've been here a couple of years, you, you in. <laughs> you, you in with us. Uh, you stuck with us. But um, That's hilarious. Yeah, I reached out to him um, 
this was when I first got into my first indie Memphis um, film. Okay. I, I had a music video that I shot for Lil White, a rapper. Shout out Lil White. Um, he, which was a weird situation. Uh, he saw a video that I made of my daughter running through sunflowers, and he was like, yo, you want to shoot a music video for me? <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I was like, what? He was like, I was like, but you're a little white. He was that like, is hilarious. He was like, yeah, meet me in my house, and we're going to have a barbecue, and we're going to talk about this music video. Oh, like, snap. I was like, okay. And to this day, me and Lil White are like friends. That's crazy. <laughs> that's how, you know, and th- that's why I tell people my story is so weird. It's like, I just do these random things, yeah, and people like notice, and then they're like, Hey, come and do this for us. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like, All right, cool. I guess I'll come <laughs> shoot Lil White's music video. You know, whatever. You're uh, gonna have like Obama hit you up. <laughs> man, that'd be crazy. Like, hey, you know, Mike, uh, I'm That's playing ball the other day, and uh, I need somebody to film me. Like, yeah, I got you. Uh, but yeah, I, I've, you know, and I, I tell people like my greatest skill is not operating a camera. Yeah, it's networking. It's That's pure, awesome. it's pure networking, and uh, a lot of guys have been. They have way more experience than me and, and probably even better than me. Mm. But personality counts. Yes. You know, your the way you present yourself, you know, um <laughs> I mean I can say I guess I can say it, you know. Um I've had people say, um, these are like black filmmakers, black photographers, like, you know, well, you know, white people don't call me to do work. Mm. I'm like, okay, like, I mean, they call me, like, I don't understand, you know, and, you know, I, I tell them, like, you know, well, how are you presenting yourself, mm-hmm. you know, nobody wants, even if I was, you know, not white and working and wanted to hire someone, and, you know, it would all be about their demeanor and their their energy, Yeah, yeah. you know, it's all about your energy, and I, I try to be very positive and very, you know, you know, not high strong, but, you know, just, just full of energy, yeah, yeah. you know, and just positive, and, and that that goes a long way, and that'll take you a lot further than skills. Yeah, a lot of times. Yeah. And then once and then once you start knowing people, and then people are like, "Yo, hey, I know this guy, and he can do this," and whoop de whoop whoop de whoop, and that's how it goes. Like, and then also knowing to how to invest in yourself. Yeah, you know, I shot a lot of free stuff yeah. to get in the door. You know, um, I shoot for I shoot all of iHeartMedia events here oh, really? locally. Yeah. It, and I got that because I went to two of their events with my camera that I had just bought, mm. took photos, sent it to them. Just sent it to them. And they were like, wow. these are dope. I was like, thanks. Thank <laughs> you, you work for us now. And they were like, <laughs> you want to come and shoot our next event? I'm like, yeah. They were like, I think they was like, we'll give you like 200 bucks. I'm like, works for me. Yeah. You know? And I was like, can I bring somebody? They were like, yeah. I'm like, all right, cool. And so, you know... I tell people all the time, I've never done anything for free. Mm. Everything's an investment. Yeah. It's like buying a stock. Yeah, yeah. You know? I wish I had bought Bitcoin a couple of years ago. <laughs> <laughs> but everything's like that. And I think a lot of people think about the money. And money is not the only type of currency. Yeah. It's not. And um, Your time. Time is, is your biggest, is the most valuable currency you have. Yeah. It's the one thing people can't get back to you. Yeah. So, yeah. But I knew I went on a tangent. No, it was good. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's that was something that um, I l- not learned, but I I guess loved about the connection I made with Tori. You know, I was telling you how. Yeah. So I brought Tori on the podcast, and um, 
we we've done other stuff together since then and you know i the first time i actually i wanted to get her on a song mm-hmm. and the first thing i said was hey how much do you charge for yeah. like features and whatnot yeah and the fact that like that was how i approached her right it wasn't like hey i need you to get right, on a song right, 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 like right. expecting her yeah to expecting that she was just gonna you know right as you said jump and just yeah. do what i asked yeah I went ahead and offered the money first because yeah. that way she knew you were I'm real. in business. Right. And yeah. that's a that's a respect thing. Yeah. It's a respect thing. Yeah. Uh, um I'll tell you how I met Tori. Man. Um I met Tori. <laughs> this is when I first got my camera. I went to a concert. It was um at Mangle not Manglewood. It was uh the New Daisy. It was a New Daisy. And uh Juicy J was there, Three Six Mafia, but they didn't perform that night. It was weird. So they had an opening act. Well, an opening to the opening act. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm like, okay. They were like, it's some girl named Tori Hudak. Yeah. I'm like, Tori Hudak? Who the hell is Tori Hudak? And this was probably about like eight years ago. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe it might have. No, I didn't have a camera. I was just there. So, yeah, it was probably about eight years ago. And so the music starts playing. And then out of nowhere comes this little skinny little white girl. <laughs> and she's rapping. And she's just like full of energy. She's just going crazy. And she wasn't on beat, but she was, <laughs> but she was rapping, man. She was rapping. She was rapping her heart out. Oh man. And she had she had all these, she had like this group of people that were with her in the front row. And they all had these white hoodies on. And they were just, they were, they was, they just loved her. And I'm just thinking, like, this girl's not. She's not on beat, but they love her. Yeah. And so I just loved her energy. Like, I'm just looking at her like, it's something about this kid. Because yeah, she was yeah. a kid. And and so after the show, you know, I went up to her and I was like, hey, I liked your act. And she's like, thank you. She's like, what's your name? I'm like, Mike. And she's like, I'm Tori. I'm like, all right, cool. I was like, you know, nice to meet you. Yeah, yeah. Didn't think anything else of it. You know, <laughs> just kind of went on in my life. Went to Memphis in May. And it's Tori Hudak. Like, somebody brought her on stage. And I'm like, I know that girl. Got to talking, <laughs> she remembered me. And so, you know, ever since then, we've just been friends. And I I, I told her probably about a month ago, last time we spoke, um, I told her, I was like, Tori, remember when you were that little white girl jumping around on stage wild as hell? Yeah. She was like, yeah. I was like, that's when I first met you. And yeah. now <laughs> your growth as an artist has been amazing. And I, I love artists that grow. And, of course, she's on beat now. Like, yeah. like she, She's amazing <laughs> now. And it's just like she's so humble. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she'll do anything for anybody. Yeah. You know, and uh, she's helped me out a lot along the way. Um, I remember a couple times I was like, yo, I don't really – know how to take pictures of people, mm. and I really want to shoot with somebody. And she's like, just shoot me. And I'm like, all right, cool. So we shot photos together, and they were actually really dope. And um, she's always been really supportive, and I'm always super supportive of her her work. And um, she's amazing. Shout out to Tori Hudak. Yeah, yeah, for I real. love Tori. I love Tori. Yeah, it's, it's like one thing I've really loved about this podcast is I ask on random people, which I had – so. I, my assistant, my wife, Rachel, I've asked her to like just find people, just find random people. Yeah, and yeah. then I've been doing the same thing, just finding random people. Yeah. 
and just so happened like some of these people have been connected. Like yeah, Memphis has like three degrees of separation. <laughs> like for real. Like everybody in Memphis know everybody. I I wanna know like if there is a Kevin Bacon here and I <laughs> I really want to be that Kevin Bacon. Like there, I wanna be that guy. There is a Kevin Bacon here, man. Uh, uh Michael Donahue is Kevin Bacon. Michael Donahue. That yeah. Sounds familiar. So he does the Memphis most. He's the he's a crazy white guy with the crazy hair. He's at every event. Um, he he was with the Commercial Appeal forever. He does the events, and now he's with Memphis Flyer. Okay. Michael Donahue is the Kevin Bacon of Memphis. He's okay. the one central figure that everybody knows. Well, I'll have to have him on. He, he would definitely come on. He's an amazing person. He has the best parties. He has the parties that you would read about in like you know like uh, a magazine. Okay. You know. You'll be at his his house, and then there's a donkey that walks around. <laughs> it's not. It's just. It's like one of those kind of deals, man. You know, it's oh, a party. Man. You're gonna stay there all night. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's one of those kind of deals. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, him or Prince Mongo. Prince Mongo. Yeah. I don't know either one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sensing you're not from Memphis. No, no. Okay, no. where I'm are you a, from? I'm from Alabama. Oh, what part? Now uh, I'm interviewing you. <laughs> <laughs> so, have you ever heard of Gadsden? No. Yeah, I seen a sign one okay. time. I saw a Gadsden sign. All right. All right. So I'm about 30 minutes from Gadsden or about um, an hour northeast of Birmingham. Okay. How long have you been in Memphis? 2019. Oh, you're a new guy. You're a newbie. Oh, man. Yeah. So you haven't had real Memphis barbecue yet? I've been around. I've I've been to Barbecue Shack, Barbecue Shop. Barbecue Shop is dope. Um, Have you been to Payne's? I haven't been to Payne's. You gotta go to Payne's, man. I think I had on um what was her name? Dr. Kimberly Brown. I had her on and I, I had this person. um what was the other guy's name? Dwayne. Dwayne Chafin. Okay. And um Dwayne works like IT for I don't know if it was like Microsoft or somebody. He, he works IT for somebody. Yeah. But um he was we started talking about food, and he, I think he said pains. Definitely got a pains. Cozy else. corner. Oh, have I had cozy corner? I think no. I don't think I've had cozy corner. Okay, you gotta go there. How how comfortable are you in the hood? I'm comfortable. Okay, you gotta go to Ball Hoggers then. It's Ball in Orange Mound. See, okay, so I had on. Shoot, I had on somebody, and they were telling me about Orange Mound. I was like. I don't know anything about Orange Mountain. Man, it ain't that bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a kid from South Memphis. Orange Mountain ain't bad. Well, they were t- they were explaining to me the history of it. it was oh like, yeah, it was a bunch of like rich black people. It was like the first like real. I wouldn't true... say rich. I wouldn't say rich. So okay. it's the first place where uh, African Americans could own a home in the entire country. Really? Yep. Oh snap! Yeah, it was before Harlem. Dang. Yeah, that's yeah. wild. So it was the first place. Um, where um, they built like a row of housing, affordable housing for black people. Okay. And it was sectioned off, and that's where black people could first buy a house in this country. Wow. Right here in Memphis, I didn't Tennessee. Know that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So that, that's the history of Orange Mound. It's, it's, um, it's, it's like the beginning of the American dream for black people. So it's developed into like a hood place. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Um. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you know, we all know what happened in the in the eighties. You know, in the nineties, we, yeah. we know about crack. You know, so in the eighties and nineties, um, along with the drug um, epidemic, which 
it's weird that they're calling this an opioid epidemic, but they ain't have a crack epidemic. But we know that's That's another story. Yeah, we know we all know what that's about. But um so there's this thing in Memphis called um white flight. White flight. White flight. All right, so white flight and the development of sub suburb the suburbs and all the subdivisions out east. Um, more white people started to move further out east in the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they started to occupy uh, Germantown, which was traditionally black, and Carryville oh, wow. was all black. Uh, yeah, these were all black farmers. Dang. Yeah, this is a long time ago. This is really cool that I'm... Yeah. I know a I'm, lot I'm about coming, Memphis history. I'm coming here at this stage. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So you're here on the... On, okay, so you're at, the, at our gentrification stage. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So... Uh, all in downtown Memphis. Well, let's just start with Orange Mound. Um, black people traditionally lived in Orange Mound, downtown South Memphis. Okay. All right. So um, what ended up happening was as white people started to move further out east, black people wanted to move out east. Because mm. there's, there's this thing. Um, I mean, I ain't woke, by the way. Like, I'm, not, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not woke. I'm, I'm, I'm a realist. So there's just facts. Yeah, these are just facts. There's a there's a thing where there's black people that feel like if they live amongst white people that they've made it. Mm. You know, they feel a sense of accomplishment. And I I get it. I do get it because you know our neighborhoods haven't always been great. Yeah. So so there was this big flight out east. So it started in like your Hickory Hill. You know, all white people moved out to Hickory Hill. I remember my aunt lived in Hickory Hill. She had the only house out there. This is in the 80s. And then everyone moved out to Hickory Hill. And then they started moving to Bartlett and Cordova. Like, these were, like, one light towns, mm. like, in the 80s. Like, there was, Bartlett was nothing. That's crazy. There was nothing there. Uh, even Hickory Hill. I remember there being a farm out there. I went to Ross Elementary School, which is in Hickory Hill. At that point, it wasn't Hickory Hill. It was Capelville, I believe it was. Um, but they annexed it. But there was a, a farm next to our school. That's you know, wild. you know, there was like this is all like farmland. So this area has exploded. Always exploded, like nineties. It exploded, Whew. like Bartlett and Cordova got really hot in the nineties. Yeah. And so then, what happened was um, our great mayor Harrington, who was he was he was someone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, he decided to close down the projects. Okay. Uh, all the projects. Uh, this will be Foot Homes, Hurt Village, which is now Uptown. Um. Yeah, <laughs> that's not up. It's Hurst Village um, and North Memphis. But um, so they, they shut all these projects down. And so then they had the whole subprime thing that was popping. So everyone could move. And so when they got rid of these uh, uh, projects, they gave them all vouchers. And, of course, these people want to live where the nice people live. Mm-hmm. So they start moving out east. So everybody started moving out east. That's why everyone lives in Cordova now and yeah. Bartlett because uh, everyone had this flight out. So what am happening, which where we're seeing now, downtown's wide open. Mm. So where there used to be all these black people that live downtown, you couldn't really go downtown because it was cutthroat because nobody went to downtown Memphis. Yeah. Now downtown has been taken over again. Wow. So all the people who originally flew out, the white people for the most part, they're selling those homes. And back moving into, back into Memphis. Back to, because now... Uh, where Foot Homes is, is on the backside of where uh, the Temple of Deliverance Church is, Bountiful Blessings. I went to that church. Shout out to them. Uh, as a kid, 
And um, they no longer call it South Memphis. It's called South City. Okay. It's like, nah, that's South Memphis. So it's that it's that's what's happening now. Yeah. So there's this big flight back into downtown to like retake downtown. There's all these apartments going up downtown, but all of these all these apartments and things are on like what the projects were. Mm. All those were projects. Every single one of them. I remember going down there all the time. Um, I I grew up in Westwood, and um, you know Westwood is still Westwood, but coming up there's this place a town called uh. It's called PV. It stands for Pussy Valley. Okay. Now, that's the original where all the prostitutes used to be. Oh, <laughs> but, snap. Yeah, they call it Pussy Valley. It's like the red light district. <laughs> yeah, of sorts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now it's on Lamar. But, um, but yeah, it used to be there. But now it's like nice houses. It's like, what? This used to be the hood. <laughs> you know, and. This is really Pussy Valley now. <laughs> right, right. And, you know, like Uptown. Uptown is where St. Jude is, where all those nice new little houses are. Yeah. There was projects there, you know. Oh, okay. Have you ever seen the movie Blindside? Yes. Remember the projects he was at? Yeah. That was over there. Oh snap! Yes, that's okay. Hearst Village. So now it's like, and I heard time. the school is the one that's um, down this. So if you come out where the Kroger is, mm-hmm. if you go down toward, um, I guess that's Germantown or whatever. That's. Um, Oh, the Briarcrest? Yes. That's yeah, the, yeah, yeah. I heard that's the school he went to. Yeah, so he didn't go to that one. There's two Briarcrest. Oh. So um, that's the new Briarcrest out here. Okay. So, yeah, they were in East Memphis oh. um, over there by Poplar and Ridgeway. So it, did it, like, literally move, or is there still two? They moved. They moved. Okay. Yeah, that was part of the flight. Oh. Yeah, we're going to take, yeah, gotcha. yeah. We're, gonna go, we're, gonna, <laughs> we're going back. Yeah, we're going to leave. We're going to leave. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't think he went to that. I think that one is, that one's newer. Um, I don't know when they built that. He might have went there. Cause he, they're, they're still building on to that right yeah, now. That so. thing is like a college. Yeah. It's like, a, it's legit. It's they like, talked about, like, they had like a huge banner that said, like, our students have accumulated, like, I don't know, hundreds of thousands of dollars oh, yeah, in scholarships. Yeah. yeah, they, 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 or millions. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they, it, it's insane, you know, um, what they've generated uh, out of that school. Uh, but I mean, there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people with a lot of money in Memphis. Yeah. You know, um, oddly, like, yeah. A lot of money. <laughs> yeah. A, lo- a lot. There's a lot, you know, and you would, you, you look at Memphis and, you know, it's not as progressive as like a Nashville. Mm-hmm. You know, um, because there's a lot of old money here. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't like change. Yeah. You know, um, they finally got their wish of getting rid of Memphis and May on mm. on Tom Lee Park. Um, it's not gonna be there um, because all those super rich people that live up on the bluff mm-hmm. don't like the noise. So what is the bluff? So all right, if you go downtown on Riverside, yeah. Uh, if you look up. On that huge hill, there's all these really nice houses that line along the river. Okay. That's the bluff. Oh, okay. Well, that's one of the bluffs. Memphis has, I want to say we have seven bluffs. I think we have like six or seven bluffs. Okay. Six or seven bluffs. Um, Yeah, so, you know, Memphis sits up on a on a bluff. Like, mm-hmm. we're not at low at all. So, um, it's the, uh, what's that? New Madrid Fault runs okay. along the Mississippi River. So um, Memphis sits up really, really high off of the river. And so the bluff is it's like this huge row of super uber rich people mm-hmm. that probably own the color blue um, that live up there. Dang. And so for years, they've run 
interference on anything at Tomley Park. Like, they want to be able to see the river. Like, there's anything amazing to see on the river. Sorry to interrupt your story, but the funny thing you say about the blue is I work at Owens Corning. Oh, they own blue. Yeah, they, <laughs> they uh, pink. Ah. Yeah, they, um, I think they, I guess, copyrighted the color pink. Yeah, there's people that own colors. Yeah. I, That's crazy. Yeah, I, I had a friend that was like, dude, we should, I was talking to my girl about, like, owning a color and then she was like nobody does that and he was like yeah you're right i was Man, like no people I work own- for i work for <laughs> owens corner they own pink yeah yeah people own colors yeah. um it's it's crazy you know what i just you ever heard of nfts i have but okay i'm drawing a blank right now yeah so my buddy was talking about nfts they're all the rage online right now it's like a space like bitcoin-esque yeah but you own a moment hmm. so he's buying moments of time so That's he, weird. Yeah. It blew my mind today. He was like, yo, I bought, uh, he bought a, 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 it's like a video clip of Steph Curry sh- shooting a three and him doing like. So like, like nobody can use that? Yes. Unless- oh. <laughs> yes. Yes. He owns a portion of time. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah. I was like, dude. Yo. So I'm I'm gonna go to this message, like, you know, and it just made me think about when he said he owned, you know. Oh uh, my, that's gotta be worth. So imagine I'm gonna, I'm gonna if you, you owned the clip of when Jordan shot that. Right. Like, was it against the the Pistons? Yeah. Where he did the the push off. They used it they on everything. The, oh my. Yeah. God. So this is the moment of time he owns. Oh my God. He paid fifteen so bucks crazy. for it, right? He paid 15 bucks for that, right? Today, someone wanted to use it on some ad somewhere. So yeah. basically, these things are serialized, these little moments of time, yeah. right? And so he bought the he bought it for 15 bucks. Did he buy it from the NBA? Uh, yeah, wherever they sell these things. I don't know where he bought it from. Because, you know, like when they shoot their videos and stuff, it says, you know, you can't use this without the authorized yeah. extent of so the I'm NBA guessing that's where he bought it from. Yeah. And um, I'm still learning these things because he just taught me today. That's I was so like, crazy. what? And so he's like, yeah, I bought it for 15 bucks today. And so somebody wanted to use it in something. Yeah. And he made 1200 bucks today. Oh, my God. <laughs> from that little clip for 15 bucks. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, so I guess this guy, Jake Paul, the, the boxer guy who does yeah. everything at this point, he made like $3 million last year selling NFTs. It's like this wave. I'm like, what? Oh, my God. So I'm, I'm going to be Googling. My ass off this weekend on what this even is. Imagine, okay, I'm throwing this into the universe Let's right do now. It. Imagine owning gifts. Dude. Imagine own like what is the probably one where of the most like, used or memes where people yeah. can't use a meme or a gift without Unless they your pay con- you. Oh my god, <laughs> man! And you know it's just it's just like owning moments of time, yeah. like. That's crazy. That's not fair. <laughs> right. Like, you, how do you own time? Yeah, that's like, not fair. Yeah, it's, it's nuts. So when he told me, because like we were talking about something, he's like, dude, you got any NFTs? I'm like, what's an NFT? He's like, dude, it's like a moment of time. I'm like, what? And he's like, dude, let me break it down. He's he's trying to break it down. So I'm like, hold on. Did you go into the future and like <laughs> pick up this knowledge and then come back? Like, Holy crap. He's like, no, man, you can own time. I'm like, what? This digital age is so weird, but oh, I guess it makes sense. So what's NFT? Did you? I don't even know what it stands for. Let's look that up. He says it's like a trading card of time. 
NFT. Yeah. I'm like, wow, this is dude. That's so mind blowing. Right. I'm. I still can't grasp that someone owns time. Non fungible token. Yes. Is that's what he said. Fungible. It's okay. So what ends up happening is you buy the time, the serialized thing, mm-hmm. and it gives you a token. That token is worth what you bought it for, and it's serialized. So whenever someone goes to try to copy that, they can't do it. They have mm. to go through you, or pay you, or not pay you, or you can sell it to them at a markup. Mm. So they're like trading these things, yeah, yeah. these moments of time, like Bitcoin, essentially. Okay. Because someone sold a work of art as an NFT. That's how it started. Oh, so instead snap. of selling them a JPEG or something like that, yeah. they sold them the serial, the serial number of it, basically, and it's a piece of art. This is the real. This is like virtual trading cards. Yeah, it's it's like it's they're they're getting away from money entirely. Yeah, you know, because I got some doggy coin. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah, yeah, I, I love doggy doggy to the moon. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> I'm all about it. You know, I, I help push it to five cents. Yeah, and I'm I'm just gonna ride their wave. You know, uh, but yeah, everything is going to that, and um, it's weird. You know, I think we're living in a time where the little man sees how much power he really has. Yeah, you know, the whole GameStop thing. Yeah, was like, okay. oh. <laughs> we can do this. Oh. <laughs> we can bankrupt rich people. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. Like really easy. You know, and uh the internet has has done that for us. Like the internet is becoming mature. Mm-hmm. You know, for a long time the internet was just cat cat videos and yeah, yeah. you know, and you know, porn or whatever. You yeah. know, it was just, you know, the basics of the internet, what yeah. a kid would be doing. But exactly. now people, these these internet kids, I call them internet kids, mm. which is us. You know, we were, you know, I don't, how old are you? I'm 28. You're 28. Okay, yeah. so I'm older than you. So I'm 37. Oh, so okay. I grew up before the internet. Yeah. There was no internet. <laughs> there, there was no internet. We yeah. had the Dewey Decimal System. And, like, that's how we got books at the library. Yeah. For the people out there that don't know. <laughs> <laughs> there was a number. You go to that number, and that's where the yeah, book was. Yeah. So, you know, I came in at the internet time. Like, oh, snap. The internet. You know, Dial up. Wow. <laughs> dial up. I'm getting the America Online uh, CDs in the yeah. mail. They're great. You know? Uh, so, you know, now those internet kids... You know, uh, even going to to your age group, people had grew up with the internet. Yeah. Now we we've done all our time on the internet searching for cats, you yeah. know, and stupid stuff. Now it's like, let's do some grown up stuff with the internet. Yeah. And now the internet is becoming this this strangely terrible place for rich people. Yeah. And it's it's only then when the have nots decide that we're all have nots. Mm. And but together we are a half, and we can beat the halves. Yeah. And everyone's starting to realize that, and I think it has a lot to do with like how race relations are going and mm-hmm. things like that. I mean, it seems like racism is, is like this crazy all time high, which I don't believe. Um, my dad. Media. Yeah, the media says it is. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, my dad has photos of him having dogs put on him. You know, mm. uh, so. I ain't never had no dog put on me yeah. for walking down the street, so it can't be in an all time. Right? <laughs> <You know>? All time. <laughs> I, I mean, 
Not all time. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, there were people that were hung for reading. Current time. <laughs> yeah. It might be at an yeah. all-time current time. Yeah, all-time, like today, you yeah. know, but not ever, you know. But, um, um, damn, I lost, my, lost what I was saying. Um, Just like yeah, the, um, the Bitcoin w- and yeah. NFTs where they're going. You know, it, it, it kind of goes back to what Martin Luther King was trying to do. You know, everyone talks about, you know, him being assassinated in Memphis, but his next stop was into a white church mm-hmm. in Little Rock. And his his goal was to have poor whites, blacks, and brown people realize, I mean, I don't want to say the N-word, but <laughs> y'all all the same. Yeah, yeah. To the rich people. Y'all all the same. Yeah. And the quicker we all realize that we're all the same, we become the majority. Mm-hmm. But as long as we're divided, the halves win yeah you know that division is profitable you know if you think about it um if you look at they sell fear right so they weaponize black people you know like hey they're they're angry they're aggressive you know be fearful but that's been you know through time and then if you look at hispanics they're lazy you know they smoke marijuana they're crazy they'll rape women you know and so that fear you know goes to Whites buy more guns. Mm. You know, they got to buy guns. They got to protect themselves. They got to protect Which their is family. Exactly what has happened recently. Right. They buy up all the bullets. You can't find bullets anywhere. Yeah. You know, and and to go along with that, you put more black people and brown people in jail, which is privatized, more money. And then they get out, they can't get jobs, more crime, more jail time, more guns. Yeah. So it's this big cycle. Like, it's a big cycle. Yeah. Like, we're going to profit off every phase of this thing. Like, you know, just like with the media, like the riots, you know, uh, or how they, I think riots are essential for some things. But, you know, the day that, um, um, I can't think of his first name, uh, Castile, I know his last name, Castile, the guy who got killed in Minnesota? Up north, yeah. I know. Fred, Freddie, Freddie go. Fred? I can't, I can't remember it. his first name, but he got the day he got killed by the white officer. That day, that same day, in St. Louis, a white guy got killed by a white cop on the side of the street, mm-hmm. broad daylight. But they're not gonna show that. Yeah, yeah. They can't show that. Yeah, because that doesn't get the riots, the it's ratings. Not sexy. It's not sexy. So, but that keeps the division. Like, oh, you know, now black people are rioting, which they should riot because. Well, I believe in rioting. I don't believe in looting. Yeah, yeah. I believe in protests. I yeah. don't believe in looting. So they should protest the laws. But, you know, they sprinkle in, well, let's just do coverage of the looters. Mm-hmm. Now, black people are hungry. Look how, look how aggressive they are. Yeah. Look how angry they are. Look how crazy. Look how crazy they are. <laughs> you should get more guns. Yeah. And then that it, it, it keeps that, that cycle going. And yeah. then it also paints the picture to black people that white people are bad. Yeah, white people are nuts. They got guns and they're ready to kill us all. Mm. And you keep that division, then you control the people. Absolutely. But now, with these kids, now you know my little sister. She's twenty one, and I tell her all the time. She went to Germantown High School, and you know when I would go to her school and pick her up and stuff, and she would have her friends, little white friends and black friends. I'm like, that's kind of cool. Yeah. And then you know I would talk to her about like. You know, race and things, and she's like, "Yeah, we don't really talk about it." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> she's like, "Yeah, I won't really talk about it." Yeah. You know, it's just not a thing. I'm like, "It's actually really cool." 
Yeah. But as as we get further along, people are starting to realize it's not about the race thing. It's about money. Yeah. It's about what you have and what you don't have. Mm-hmm. And now people are starting to over, you know, not oversee, but see through just race and work together. Yeah. And change things. Like the little changes that we've had have been because people are working together. And that's basically how we're going to bankrupt uh, rich people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, the Wall Street bets people, them just coming together and yeah. having the same idea right it's like hey we can do this we can do it and, and then they did it <laughs> yeah and, and that was that was just awesome that they did it and got so many people on board um i hate for the people who thought that they were gonna make millions off that yeah. but you know like i had a buddy he's like i'm gonna buy a game so i'm like don't don't buy a game stop like this is not <laughs> this is not to get rich this is to yeah. stick it to somebody this is a yeah. buy and never sale yeah. you know like hang no don't do it um this ain't the movie you thought this was this is not this is not uh wolf of wall street you're not about to go out here and make all this money yeah uh but the fact that they that, that they were able to do that in in spite of everything that was happening, like Robin Hood. Yeah, yeah. Like, those folks should go to jail for that one. Yeah. But, you know, the fact that they, they were able to see a problem, like, yo, these people are going to try to make millions and billions of dollars off GameStop because they don't like it or they see it as a, a fail. Mm-hmm. Let's stop them. Let's stop it. I mean, what's more American than that? Ain't that what we did at the Boston Tea Party? Yeah, yeah. It's like it's literally like the same thing. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'm with it. I'm with those guys. I am too. Yeah. I I feel like we, you know, you said what's more American than that? Like I feel like we lose our identity of even with like the Kaepernick thing. Yeah. Like Kaepernick was taking a knee because he felt like it was the right thing to do. Right. And right, people right. were super upset with him. Right. I don't think it was. To me personally, I don't think it was the right thing to do, but I think he has the right to do it. Like, right. I was in the Air Force. and yeah. I was in the Navy. So, like, people were talking about that. It happened while I was in. Okay, like, okay. People were talking about it. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I don't think that was the right thing to do, yeah. but I think he has the right to do it. Right, right. And, and, and I think that's the the thing that some people forget about America in itself. Um, we have We have freedom. Of speech, we have yeah. freedom of expression here, and within that, you you don't have to always like what someone does, but yeah. you have to respect it. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, yeah. Unless it's illegal, yeah. you know. Uh, but uh, I'm a veteran, and I was asked, like, "Hey, how do you feel about Kaepernick kneeling?" I'm like, "Well, uh, when I went to the Persian Gulf, it was so he could do that." Yeah. You know, not saying that I agree or I don't agree. Um, you know, I stand for the anthem because that's just me, and someone in my family has always served in this country's military mm. of some sort. So it's it's a thing for me. But if you know, I went to a, a game with this guy, and uh, you know, I stood up for the anthem, and he sat down. Mm. I'm not gonna be mad at him. No, that's his right. Yeah, you know, he that's his right. Of course, people around him are going nuts or whatever. I'm like, you know, where where do we live? <laughs> hey, know? what country are we in right now? Right, let he, him do his he thing. He can do his thing. You don't have to like it. You know. I, I just, I feel like, you know, what happened with Kaepernick just, just showed how un-American Americans can be. Yeah. You know, and it's like. Very fragile. Very fragile. Very, you know, the ego is very, very fragile. Yeah. And it's like, if you don't do what I like, 
then it's bad. Yeah. And it's like, no, we don't live in a, a communist yeah. type society. We live in America. We live in a place where you can be whatever you want to be. Yeah. You could say, hey, I'm a unicorn today. <laughs> you got to respect the fact that I'm a unicorn. Exactly. And yeah. that's just the country we live in. And you have to give people their liberties just like they have to give you yours. Yeah. And you just have to respect people. And a lot of people don't respect people because they've been living in a world where they've never had to actually respect others, but have demanded respect. Yeah. So The irony of Americans telling other people how they should act is right. the exact opposite of how we became America. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> we were supposed to just shut up and um, ship out cotton. Yeah. You know, but somebody said, damn this tea. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean... If I'm not mistaken, that was the, like so. The colony started because the British was like, "Hey, let's let's go cultivate this land." So they sent some people over, not knowing what was going to happen, yeah, but kinda. they took the risk. Yeah, that, that's kind. That's one part. And then it was like some people in England that was like, "Yo, we don't like this church. Yeah, we want to start our own church." I'm like, yeah. "Oh shoot, go find one." I'm like, "Well, we're gonna go over here, <laughs> you know, and we're gonna we're gonna find a church." And so they wanted to start their own little church, but England was like, "Yo, hey man." Um, Send us back some of that money. Yeah. You know, I mean. You know you're still our people, right? Right. <laughs> and they're like, yo. Because I think that's when tobacco became a thing. Because that's uh, what they got from here. Like, okay. hey, we we want that tobacco. You yeah. know, so they were like, yo, send us the money. You know, uh, grow it. Send us the money. And after so long, you only can rule people from a distance for so long. Yeah. You know, but uh, yeah. I mean, America is, ba- America started off a of protest. It is. It, it literally started did. off a of protest. Like yeah. they, them people, were like you know what? Nah, fam. Nah, nah. Yeah. Fuck, fuck your tea. <laughs> and it was mainly off of like the the religious part. Yeah, you know, that was. And it's you know just them coming here. You know, was a protest. Like we're not gonna go to the Church of England. We're not gonna be Catholics. We want to be Protestant. Yeah, yeah. And we want to be able to do that freely. Yeah. That's what America's based on: being able to do what you want to do freely. Yeah. All right. So if somebody wants to kneel for the anthem. Man, all right, cool. <laughs> you know, um, I have this thing. You know, and I say this online a lot to people uh, that complain about what other people are doing. Uh, I'm like, how does it hurt you? Mm. If it doesn't hurt you physically, keep it moving. Yeah. You know, like, keep it moving. You know, uh, you know, I, uh, I, I've always had this thing where I, I've stood up for the little guy, mm-hmm. even in like high school and things you know we had this guy i won't say his name um <laughs> but he he came to our school from hamilton and this was probably my ninth or tenth grade year and um he was he was gay he was gay he didn't say he was gay but i knew he was, just gay. Knew he was gay i knew he was gay i mean my my uncle is gay so i i grew up around gay men mm. you know so i was like yeah this kid's gay you know it's not too many kids with squiggly sideburns. Let's <laughs> be real. Uh, so um, I knew what was up. <laughs> That's funny. You know, so I remember, you know, being in class and like these guys were like always oh, messing with him, man. You know, in Memphis we check. Yeah. You know, which checking is a term of endearment, but sometimes it goes beyond. Yeah, yeah. And so it was going beyond. And so I was just like, yo, man, why y'all keep messing with that dude? You know, what, what's up? And of course, you know, when you speak up for somebody, then it turns on you. Yeah. Or whatever. So, um, which it never really bothered me. But um I just remember asking the dude, like, 
if if him being gay bothers you, you know, is it because maybe you are? Mm. You know, no, no, no. Well, it shouldn't even bother you. Yeah. Because that's what he's doing. You know, um, I just don't understand why people care so much about others when it doesn't physically or do anything to harm them. Yeah. It's just odd. Yeah. People are weird. I always attribute it to being bored or like you have too much time on your hands. You got way too much time. Like your life has to be boring. Yeah. Like you don't have nothing. (laughs) You go home, you go to sleep and get get back up in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. um, That's just always been odd to me. Like, you know, I have friends that are gay. I have a friend that's just trans. Um, Every every color, every race, every religion. Hey man, I I don't care. I don't yeah. care what you do. What you do is what you do. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But you know, we all have a, a mutual level of respect for everyone else, and that's all you really have to have. You yeah. know, the guy I had season tickets to the Tigers football for years, and I sat next to this gay couple all the time. This guy, these guys were awesome. You know, I don't care that these guys are gay. Yeah, all I care about. Hey, did you see that play? Yeah, yeah. Did you, did you, <laughs> did you see that throw? Like, yeah. and that was that's that's what it's about. Yeah. You know, uh, people care too much about others, yeah, and about what they're doing, and and I wouldn't do that. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Great. I'm glad you wouldn't, but I am. You know. So. Yeah. And and that's that's America. That's where we live. You know. This is why people come here because they get to say, "I'm doing whatever the hell I want to do." Yeah. And as you can see, like the most riots and like crazy stuff that has happened in America. <laughs> Happened when nobody was working. Yeah. And as I said, like, I contribute hatred and all that stuff to people just having too much. Like, if, if you're busy. You don't have time for that. You don't have time to hate nah. on other people. There's <laughs> no time in the world. Like, yeah. you know, <laughs> it, and I say that, I say that about even, like, creatives, man. Like, creatives that don't want to work with other people or, or nitpick other people's works. Like, mm. You're doing it because you don't have work. Because yeah. if you had work, you would be too busy to do this. Exactly. You, you'd be way too busy. Like You wouldn't even know what's going on. Yeah. Like <laughs> people have to fill me in on things all the yeah. time. Like, like I didn't know what NFTs was. You yeah. know? <laughs> See, I didn't yeah. right. We're too busy, man. Yeah. We got but busy is a good thing. But exactly. That's yeah. really what it is. When people have nothing to do, they just start hating on stuff, man. Yeah. They just they, they have to create something, some excitement in their life. Yeah. And it's a reflection. Like, you know, I tell people, you know, you, you see people that are, like, messy and pity and, mm. you know, full of drama. And it's because they have to create some excitement for themselves. Mm. And that's why, like, your drama shows are huge. Like, your real housewives and all this stuff are big because people don't have any excitement in their life. They don't have mm. any any anything that they're doing. And well, it's too easy. Yeah. Yeah, that's too easy. <laughs> we you created know? easy times. Yeah. And so instead of going out and doing stuff like taking a walk. It's like, I'll just watch TV and get this drama here. Yeah. You know, I mean, you can find drama anywhere. You can find two squirrels fighting, you know, yeah. like name the squirrels and Bob and, and. This is why everybody needs a camera. Yeah, man. You know, <laughs> go and do something. And that's really what it's about. People, people don't have anything to do and people are afraid to, you know, communicate with other people. Yeah. On an effective level. Yeah. You know, um. Because, I mean, like, racism is totally taught. Oh, and, yeah. And it's, 
in, in, you know, I have this coworker. <laughs> I'm not gonna say his name, but when I first met him, I thought he was a racist. I swore this guy was a racist. He was huge Trump guy, uh, which I don't care what anybody's party affiliate. I don't care because I ain't either one. I just go with who I like. Yeah. And um, he he would just say things, you know. Just he would just say things, and yeah. it's like, hmm. I remember one day he called me colored. And I was like, Oh my goodness. Colored. <laughs> colored. I'm like, what? And so, you know, Your I'm personality is just crazy. <laughs> right. This is, this is a great way of meeting you, my guy. But um, you know, I'm not a really a hot headed person. Mm-hmm. I can be. I worked a long I worked a lot to keep yeah. this down. Yeah. So I was like, you know, he's he said it. He he's he said he he referred to me and this girl that worked with us. He was like, you know, the color girl. You know, y'all the color people. I'm like, oh, man. color people. I was like, I was like, what year is this? <laughs> and he's like, it's 2019. I'm like, look, we don't like the word colored. And he was like, why not? And I'm like, let me break this down to you. So I broke it down to him. And he was like, you know what? I didn't know that. He's an older guy. He's like, honestly, I didn't, I didn't know. Yeah, and so I'm like, well, first off, never say this to any other black person. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> I don't want you to get beat up. Yeah, you know, I was like, but this is the reason why we don't like it. And he was like, okay, all right. He's like, you know what? Thank you. He thought he he thanked me. He was like, you know, I I didn't know, and thank you for for telling me. Cool. That's a beautiful moment. It was a beautiful moment. That's a because beautiful he was moment. he was definitely sincere, and he kept apologizing. He's like, Mike, I really didn't know. I'm sorry. And so, you know, time went on. Then he said something else. And so now I've gotten, I I figured him out. So he's only saying what he's been taught. Yeah. Is right. And so I'm there to help him along the way. Yeah. And so we have had some of the best conversations I've ever had in my life. (laughs) You know, because, yeah, because I, I had to figure out that he's not a racist. He just don't know. Yeah. And he doesn't know what's okay and what's not okay. Yeah. And he has never approached a black person to say if this is okay. Yeah. He's never, like he told me, he's like, I've never been comfortable. Like I felt like, you know, maybe I would get some kind of backlash or, mm. or I get beat up or something. And Or maybe that type of black person was in his life right. and then gave him the wrong reaction. Right. They didn't react the way you did. Right. And he was like, you know, I never had anybody react like calm. Yeah. And so I'm like, yeah, you know, my thing is I'm not going to go crazy on you. I'm just going to educate you so that you don't do anything stupid. Mm. And so we have had some of the best conversations of all time. And he's learned a lot. And he's taught me a lot because he's half, he's half Hispanic, which I didn't know. I thought he was just white. <laughs> <laughs> but he's half Hispanic. And um, he's taught me things, like things I didn't know about Hispanic people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I feel like that's what we need. You know, not just everybody yelling out what they want and the change that they want, but there has to be effective communication. You have to listen. Yeah. You know, and this guy told me this today. I saw it on Twitter. He's like, communication is not what you say, always what you say to someone, but it's how that person receives what you say. Mm. And I was like, man, that's deep. Yeah. That's really deep. And that's really what everyone needs. We just have to sit down, be level. And, and, you know, my people, 
Sometimes they just don't know. Yeah. And you have to teach. And you have to come from a good place with it. And and white people, you have to be open to listen. And then you figure out what works, what doesn't work, and then you move on. Work together. Keep working together. One thing doesn't dictate the person. Yeah. One action. One thing doesn't dictate the entire body of a person. Yeah. So. Have you heard the story of, um, oh, shoot, I can't think of the guy's name now. It's, it's Daryl something. Daryl. But he, um, he was on a Joe Rogan podcast, and um, he, he basically, I think he was like a, a jazz like piano player or mm-hmm. something like that. Uh-huh. And um, he's playing the piano one day, and he um, is like at a little joint, and white guy, his, his, he was a black guy, mm-hmm. and white guy is like, Man, I'd never heard a black man, you know, play the piano the way that you'd play or whatever. Yeah. And he's telling them that, yeah, I learned from from someone. Oh no, you're good. Okay, you're good. Sounds like somebody's pissing right now, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. So ended up the guy was like super racist. I think he was in the KKK or something. But Daryl, um, he ends up like talking to the guy, and then they end up having a drink together. And the guy's like, this is the first time I ever sat down and drank with a black man before. And yeah. Daryl can't believe it. Right. But um, I'm pretty sure this guy's name is Daryl. I don't know if that was his first name or last name. But he ends up, like, converting, I want to say, hundreds of Klansmen. I think I remember this. I, I, they might have did a movie and a book about him. Yeah. But um, He wasn't the guy that worked for the FBI, was he? No, I don't think so. They made a movie about that one, though. I know they made a movie about that. I, but I know what you're talking about. I've yeah. heard that. I have heard that. And that's, that right there, like, that's not a movie. Like, that's that's his real life. Man, that's life. And the fact that he took time out of his life. Yeah. Not out of his day, but out of his life. Right. To constantly, because he said it all started with, he became friends with, you know, one Klansman. And now you got who's guy, got friends? Yeah, the guy <laughs> invited him to the KKK meetings. Damn. So he started showing up to the meetings and just yeah. you know being quiet, watching them do what they do. Right, and then just started talking to them, and yeah. then hanging out with them, yeah. and then they were like, "I I like you. I don't know why I'm racist." Right. <laughs> yeah, you know, a lot of people don't know why they're racist <laughs> they're, they're just racist because someone told them to be racist yeah like like yeah don't like black people especially like, in the south like i yeah i grew up with people like i went to high school with chicks that their parents didn't want them to date black people yeah and the only reason they have is just because he's black yeah okay that's it like, i said like the age that i grew up in huh. like Nobody's really like truly right, you know. Like yeah. the school isn't like segregated right, and right, stuff right, like right, that. Right. Where we lived in a, we grew up in a good time. Yeah. Where, you know, my age group didn't really see any true racism. Right. So, they don't know why to be racist. Like it doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's just like they're just doing it. It's it's almost like you know, um, when I was a kid, uh, we went to church every Sunday, right, and. You know, you go to church, they tell you to be be afraid of God. 
Yeah. You know, you gotta be you gotta be fearful of God. Yeah. God is vengeful. <laughs> you know, he'll, he'll kill Old you. Old Testament God. Right. God will, God will kill you. Yeah. And so it's like, dang man, you know, so you end up going to church because of fear. Yeah. You know, you end up staying because of fear. Because you don't want to, you don't want to die. You don't yeah. want God to get mad. Yeah. And start raining down bricks. <laughs> you know? He kind of does that. Yeah. You know, he floods out worlds. Yeah. You know, and you grow up with this thing, like you're only doing it because somebody told you to do it, and it's not because you exactly. found like God Himself, mm-hmm. and God like has worked. You found him in, or her in this way that has made your life better. Like y'all talked and had a conversation. Yeah, or, or you, you felt it. Yeah. And now I want to go on this path because I've chosen to go on this path. Yeah. You're on this path because you better do it or God will rain on you. Yeah. You know, and so when you go when you get into a fear based way of living, you know, you really don't know why you're doing it. You're just doing it. And so when you get constantly told black people are bad, black people are bad, black people are bad. Now you're afraid of black people. Yeah. And it's like, black people are bad because I'm afraid. <laughs> so I've been know, told. Man, I don't know why I'm scared, but I'm scared. And yeah. so now these people go go their whole life hearing black people bad, black people bad, never having any conversations with a black person. Mm-hmm. And then they only see bad things about black people. So naturally, they're racist. And yeah. they don't even know why they're racist. And then they, they meet somebody and it's like, what? Just happened here, like, yeah. and it questions their whole existence, yeah. you know. But that's really what what the times we're in right now. We need to, like, I'll never tell anybody to get over slavery. I never tell black people to get over slavery. Never but, get over that. It's horrible. But, but <laughs> there's always a but. Yeah. But I wasn't a slave. You know, this white person wasn't a slave owner. So. Yes, the the ramifications of slavery are still around. Yeah, very true. But we have we have made progress to get better. Absolutely. And so we have to further that progress. Yeah. And we're at a point now where we have to educate on not just slavery, but we have to also educate on okay, there was these things called redlining. We need to get rid of that. Yeah. There's uh there's over um. The, the punishment for blacks versus white is disproportional. We need to change that. So it's those things. But we have to do that through communication yeah. and talking and being level-headed. You can't scream at people and think they're going to give you what you want. It's not going to happen like that. Yeah. So we're at that point. We, we, we can be angry, but we also have to be effective in that anger. Yeah. You have to channel it, you know, like, like, like Superman. Yeah. Like he gets really mad. He can destroy the world. We yeah. all know that. But he channels that into good. Yeah. And, you know, that's what we have to do. We have to be like the Hulk, you know. Channel that, man. You know, you can be wild and you, you can be angry. And you, you deserve, you, 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 you have every right to be angry. But you also need to take that anger and apply it to something. Yeah. Constructive. And that, construct, that constructive thing could be let's educate some people on things and practices that are you know, that are affecting us directly mm-hmm. so that we can get change. I think if people looked at it like uh, relationship-wise, yeah. so you have to think of current time is yeah. like your new spouse. Right. And 
old times is like your ex. Yeah. You're not going to keep bringing up your ex to your new spouse. No, that's not. Just just because. Yeah. Because the new spouse is going to think, you still love this person. Yeah. So that's how black people need to really think about slavery. Like, yeah. Yeah, you still need to realize what happened. Yeah, we. So with your old spouse, you yeah. know the old times, but you don't keep bringing it up just yeah. just because you can. Yeah, it's one of those things where, like, you know, um, my mom would always say this to the guys that my sisters would date: "Is he a is he a, is he a blessing or a lesson?" Mm. And we have to look at slavery as a lesson. Yeah, and it is a lesson of where we don't ever want to get back to. Correct. And now what we have to do to to avoid that is that we have to make changes to how we do things and how we approach things and what happens on a on a more political level. Yeah. You know, because that's really what controls everything. Yeah. And we have to learn that, okay, we have to use our numbers effectively for change. Yeah. Because yeah. we can't yell at a mayor and to say change this law because it's not gonna happen. Yeah, you know, um, we can't yell at a governor or a president and think that that's gonna happen. You know, nothing like a kid that's yelling at you is not about to get what he wants. Yeah, usually, well, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you give in. Yeah, yeah. But we all know this ain't that type of yeah. situation. <laughs> there ain't no give in. And so, um, yeah, we just gotta learn how to communicate what we really want and also do the work and also do the education Mm -hmm. and that's that's a lot of it like you know there are especially now there's a lot of angry young people Mm -hmm. really angry young people yeah energy a lot of energy (laughs) and that energy they need it's not channeled properly yeah it's not channeled properly all you know these these kids now these these young college kids full of energy and ideas and and a lot of it has to do with the fact that they don't feel represented in mm. in politics and the the uh, decision making. When you are twenty three, and a seventy six year old man is making all your decisions, you will rebel. Yeah, you know, uh, just how it goes. But we we have to understand that there are some people that have never talked to a black person in their life. Yeah, the only black people that they know. Um, was the the black dude on uh, Law and Order? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like that's that's it. When I was in the Air Force, there was a guy who uh, was from shoot, where was he from? Idaho. He ain't black people. He said the first black person he ever met in person was when he went to basic training. The first Asian person I ever met in person was in basic training. Really? First one. That's crazy. That ain't that crazy? <laughs> yeah, first Asian person. I also met a a white Muslim. That. Hmm. Flipped me out. I don't think I've met one. Yeah. It's the only one I've ever met in my entire life. Yeah. His name is Robert Fenton. We still friends to this day. Hmm. He also put me up on uh, Talib Kweli. Oh, snap. <laughs> yeah. I was, you know, I was just kid from South Memphis. It was all like 3-6 Mafia, uh, Yo Gotti, uh, you know, uh, A-Ball, MJG, you yeah, know, yeah. Southern rappers. Yeah. And I get there and one, he's a white Muslim. I'm like, what the hell? You know? And um, he like, he rapped. I remember he would, oh, he, would okay. he would rap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'm like, mm, white kid can't rap, whatever. <laughs> and so I just remember he had a like a <laughs> it wasn't a Walkman, you know, but this is like the precursor to um uh uh iPods. Okay. Um what was it? It wasn't a Walkman. It was something like it wasn't a disc man. It was like right after that. I think it was like a 
it was like a media player of of some some sorts or whatever. Yeah. This is way back. Um before even the iPhone was a thing. And um I was like, what you listen to? He's like, I'm listening to, he was listening to um um what was Talib Kweli and Most Def? Black Star. Oh, okay. Uh Talib Kweli and Most Def. Yeah. He's like, I'm listening to Black Star. I'm like, what the hell is Black Star? And he's like, you should listen to it. I'm like, all right, listen to it. And I was like, this is this is really good, man. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, yeah, man. He's like, yeah, man. You should, uh, you should check check them out. I'm like, who's this kid? He's like, Talib Kweli. I'm like, who the hell is that? And so I got a, a another CD. I'm like, this dude is bumping. And um, yeah, so he started me down my path of real hip hop, a white nice. Muslim that I met from Florida. That's awesome. <laughs> so and it, it's just those little moments where. You you know you realize that people are just people, man. Yeah, and people are all who they are based on their experience. Yeah, and everybody's experience isn't the same. Absolutely. You know, like I know black people that you know, like they grew up where I grew up, where we didn't have any white people around. You know, so we we have our experience with white people is a little different than someone that grew up around white people mm-hmm. that that see white people. You know the way that they see it, and that doesn't make that person wrong or their outlook di- wrong or bad. Yeah, it's just their experience. You know, you know, just because I have a bad experience with, let's say, a police officer, doesn't mean if you have a good one that I'll oh, just wait until you have a bad one. You know, yeah, it's yeah. just like you just haven't experienced that, and I don't want you to experience that. Yeah, I think that's how we should look at things. Even know? even with like going back to like equipment. Like, yeah. So there's this chick on uh, Twitter one time. I'm I'm huge about don't give out incorrect information. Mm. So these uh, the speakers I'm using are Yamaha HS8s. Those things look nice. So um, they're about I think you can get them brand new for about four ninety nine a piece. Yeah. Well, she said, what did she say? She said Yamaha HS8s or the Yamaha speakers are, um, I, I wouldn't recommend them. They're bad speakers to like mix with because they are bass boosted. I was like, all right, there's a lot wrong with that, yeah. with those phrases. Cause number one, the speakers have dials on the back of them so you can control how much bass is in them. Yeah. So she might've just had them in a setting to where they were just bass boosted. So you, you could have just turned that down. Right. And then number two, they're good speakers yeah. comparatively to a bunch of other speakers. Yeah. They're not top of the line, yeah. but they're not at the bottom. Yeah. So I know what are Yamaha you really be, comparing them to? Yeah. I, I know <laughs> Yamaha to be very good speakers. Yes. Yeah. They're phenomenal. So I was like, that's really bad information. And she has a good bit of followers. Yeah. So I was like, all I said was, Uh-oh. I think I said false or something like Uh-oh. that. And then she was triggered. <laughs> I think literally all I said was like one word, like oh. not true or false or something like that. Oh, and she man. was so upset. That's She chose violence. Yeah, she was like, <laughs> like nigga, I ain't asked you or something like that. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> but I, I didn't even respond hostile. I literally responded with what I just told you. I was yeah. like, they're actually good speakers. Yeah. They have dials on the back of them. You can control that, yeah. and I and that's that's how I responded to her. And she was still kind of being hostile of even course. after I said. That. Of course, she's going to be. And I was like, "You're not the type of person that actually is trying to give good information. Right? You're right. just trying to give your opinion and 
and hope everybody agrees with you. Yeah, that's the that's the age we live in right now. Like if you like it is you are given a scarlet internet letter if you disagree. Yeah. You cannot disagree with anything. Yeah. If you disagree, it is you are the person we must attack. Yeah. Like we gotta attack you. If you think differently, if you have a, any difference of opinion, then you are totally against everything. Like yeah. I um <laughs> so I do know some woke people. <laughs> <laughs> and man, they um I, I guess I, I, I've been I, I got I got labeled a coon once. Oh man. You know, because That's old school. <laughs> right. <laughs> I got labeled a coon because um it goes back to the anthem thing. And I said, hey, look, I, I kind of, I stand up for the anthem. Like, this is a big thing about, no, nah, we're gonna, we, we not going to stand up. And I'm like, look, hey, y'all do what y'all want to do. Yeah. But I'm going to stand because, you know, I'm a veteran. My father's a veteran. My grandfather's a veteran. My great-grandfather's a veteran. This is just kind of our thing. Yeah. You know, and um, now, if you don't do exactly as we do, then you're not part of the group. Yeah. I'm like, well. That don't make no damn sense. <laughs> like, you know, and I had a buddy. What did Biden say? You ain't black if you don't vote for me. Right. I was like, whoa. Like, what Biden. the hell? Chill, chill. Chill bro. out, bro. Chill. I, I was going to vote for you. Chill yeah. out. Yeah, I was. <laughs> now you, you're putting pressure on me, bro. What the fuck, God? You know, and um, it's, it's like I, I had a buddy. Um, He married a white woman. And so then people were coming at him. I'm like, that don't make him not black. Like, yeah. He's still black. Like. Like ah, you can't, you 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 not you know, you can't stand up for black people with a white wife. Like that don't even make no damn sense. Calm down, Doctor Umar. Right. <laughs> you know I was black before I got married, right? Yeah. Like you, you know, so you know people really want this hive thought process. It's, yeah. it's a hive mentality, and it's so weird. Yeah. You know, and you know we live in can- cancel culture. Yeah. Which is the weirdest thing ever. It's like. So you mean if I mess up one time, I'm not in a group no more? Like, like I can't be in the cool kids club no more? Yeah. It's kind of like we're in, in middle school. Yep. You know, <laughs> everyone's wearing Nikes today, and you wore Adidas. You'll never be in a group again. Like, yep. what? My mom just bought me these shell toes, man. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have a choice. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't I, I don't get We're moving to We're starting to seem like little communists. Yeah. If you really think about it, yeah, we like America wants to be communist so bad. Yeah, like everyone does the same thing. You do what we say, and that's that's what it is. Yeah, like nobody can do what they want to do no more. Yeah, nobody, man. The internet, it's a dangerous place. It's a beautiful yeah. place, but dangerous place. What didn't Childish Gambino? He had a he had a song called The Internet, I think. Yeah, man. That that dude knew ahead of time. <laughs> so ahead of his time, man. He's so ahead of his time. So ahead of his time. But yeah. It's the internet, man. The internet is, it has empowered the voiceless. Mm. And that is either good or bad. Yeah. Yeah. Usually bad. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely usually bad. Yeah, just people, people in general, just, um, like you said, just need to learn how to communicate, learn how to listen, and that would fix 90% of the problems that America has. Yeah. Um. Just... Man, let people do what they want to do. Yeah. Do if it's not bothering you physically. Whatever. Yeah. Like whatever. Like, I don't care if my cross the street neighbor's a Muslim. It's yeah. gotta do with me. 
Yeah. Like, man, did they, do they got like, you know, like that cool food that they had? Like, <laughs> like, you know, like my, we have a neighbor across the street and they're Greek. Man, I'm always trying to get some baklava from the people. <laughs> like, I don't know anything else Greek, but I know baklava and I love it. That's dope. And, uh, so that that's really what you gotta do. Find some common ground, man. That's 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 all you gotta do. Yeah, yeah. People are bigger than what you see on the surface. Absolutely. Way bigger than that, man. Well, dude, it's been great talking to you. Man, it's been uh, awesome, man. Everything that we've covered covered has been awesome. Yeah, um, man. So you are still waiting to hear back from Nike. Yeah, man. You plug me, man. Help me. Help me. <laughs> I'll try. You won the award mm-hmm. for the film. What? What's next? Ah, man. So, um, next, uh, I'm taking over the zoo. I, I, I saw that post <laughs> you had. You took the pictures in New, New Orleans. Orleans. Yeah, I took the pictures in New Orleans, man. Um, we got we got a little time to get into that. Yeah, sure, go ahead. Okay, man. So, um, I was like, I just kind of find the time to oh, see yeah. like we're, we're good, but <laughs> yeah, we can, I'll we can tell keep you, going. Yeah, man. I'll tell you the story, man. So, I um, <laughs> this is me. I don't know, man. You. I don't, I'm really humble about my work, you know, like, I don't think I'm the best, <laughs> but there are some things where I think I'm pretty good, <laughs> all right, so, uh, it started in the snow days, uh, a couple weeks ago, yeah, yeah. we had the snow days, and so, I'm on Twitter, I'm always on Twitter, and I'm looking, I'm like, it's snowing, man, and I I just tweeted, I bet you this polar bears are having the time of their lives right now, mm. and so, everybody's, like, retweeting at the zoo, like, where are the polar bear pictures? Like, where yeah, are the polar yeah. bear videos? Like, where's the polar bears? And so the zoo's like, ah, oh, we're working on it. Like, I'm like, working on it? It's it's this polar bear season. <laughs> like, what the hell you mean? So I just I tweeted out, I wish the zoo would let me take over their Instagram yeah. because they need help. That's all I said. Hundreds of retweets later. <laughs> I put it on Facebook. I'm like, you know, I'm like, you know, I'm gonna put it on Facebook. And cause that's where the shenanigans happen. Yeah, yeah. So I put it on Facebook, and I was like, you know what? I got to give them something that I've done. Like, they can't just see these words. So I posted these pictures of these these animals that I took. You know, so everybody's like, oh, man, these are awesome. Man, share them, yada, yada. The zoo, they're tagging the zoo. But then people figured out that for some reason we can't tag the zoo on Facebook. Oh. I don't know why. So then they started uh, tagging like zookeepers and, and <laughs> just like, the people that yeah, work the there. People that work there. <laughs> and so I put it on Instagram and I posted oh, the pictures man. and stuff. And so the zoo reached out. Nice. They reached out and they were like, "Yo, um, we saw your work, and um, all the people have reached out to us. Like our inboxes have been flooded with like, yo, these pictures from Mike. <laughs> Y'all need them to come in.' And so." Yeah. I'm going to take over the zoo. Um, and, that's, all, uh, that's awesome. Yeah, that'll be tomorrow. No, Sunday. Sunday I'm taking over the zoo, man. So uh, I'm excited. You're like strong-arming people into Memphis. working. <laughs> yeah, um, you're, going, you're going to work with me. That's, that's you're going, awesome. You're going to work with me. Um, I, I just feel like, you know, that's one of those things where, like, if you really want it, you got to go get it. Yeah. You know, you can't wait on a recommendation. You can't wait on um, them to reach out. Yeah. Just go get it. Yeah. The most they could say was no. Yeah. And then I use, like, I'm not like a celebrity or anything, but I, I know that people follow me. Yeah. So I use that to my advantage, you know, which everyone should. Like, hey, you see the work? Yeah. You know, the people are like, yo, Mike should do this. And I'm like, yeah, 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 
people do this. <laughs> and so they're like, you know, retweeting and sharing it and all that stuff. And uh, it worked. It, yeah. it, you know, I, I tell people, use the power of social media. It's there for a reason. The Absolutely. internet is great. And so I'm taking over to Zeus Sunday. I'm really excited about that. Um, I'm still shooting for Valley Memphis. We have our, our work that just came out. Um, uh, it's called Overview Effect. Uh, it's amazing. And I am finishing up a script uh, now. Um, it's based on a, a actual event that happened in Memphis. So we should start production maybe in the late spring. And uh, what else do I have this year? That's big this year. That's I think that's pretty much it. Everything kind of comes by by ear. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, because it's not it's still fun. Mm-hmm. You know, so I still work my day job. Most people don't think I have a job, but I work my what day job. What do you job. do? I'm a biomedical engineer. Biomedical engineer. Yeah. Okay. So I do that all day, and um, and I still I write for Edible Memphis. Uh, I still do food reviews. I um, I'm still uh, taking pictures for Edible Memphis and Valley Memphis and all these people. Um, I travel. I shoot for a marketing company that um, does Marriott Hotels. So oh, okay. we're about to start back traveling, so I'll be doing that again. And, um, yeah, man, that's that's what's up. That's awesome. Yeah, man. I By the way, what? this whole podcast started with um, – yeah, how'd you find it, me? Well, <laughs> <laughs> so the the Instagram message that I I think I when we first started talking about it, mm-hmm. you said you're not interesting. <laughs> I'm not, and, and this would not like you weren't saying it wouldn't be a good conversation, but yeah, I was getting that vibe, <laughs> and I was like, is is he actually boring, or is he? <laughs> I don't know what's. That, I can't tell what he's about to say right now. So the thing with me, man, is like, like, I think people think what I do is more interesting than I do. Mm, okay. You know, I I think I'm just doing normal stuff. Yeah. You know, I don't think I'm doing anything extraordinary. I just think that I am um, having fun. Yeah. You know, it's fun. And um, I like these little challenges like the zoo thing. I, I like stuff like that. I like doing that. Um, like, I'm not even charging the zoo. Yeah. Like, I just want to do it just to say I did it. Mm. And... It's really just to say, like, I took better pictures than y'all, yeah. <laughs> or whatever. But um, yeah, it's, I'm still, it's it's just fun to me. Like, you know, uh, I don't I don't like attention mm-hmm. like that. I really don't like talking about myself. And your uh, phone has been blowing up. Yeah, it's my girlfriend. <laughs> we should just let's just wrap it up. Hey, babe. Hey. Hey, we about to wrap up now. <laughs> <laughs> you're on you're on you're on the podcast right now. <laughs> she's like That's awesome. she's like, I don't believe this. <laughs> I'm gonna call you back, babe. Okay. All right. <laughs> That's funny. Um Um Yeah, I don't I don't I, I just I just feel like I haven't proven myself enough yet. Yeah, yeah. You know, to say like, oh, Mike, this, you know, people will say like, oh, Mike, the award-winning filmmaker. I'm like, you know, I still don't feel like I'm at that level. Yeah. Yeah, I want it, but, you know, I just don't want to, I don't want, I don't want to lose sight of what I'm really doing. Mm. You know, and I, I do have a mission. Like, my, my whole mission is to make Memphis look amazing. Yeah. No matter what I do. 
make Memphis look amazing. Yeah. Memphis is going to look like the best place on earth if I have anything to do with it. Yeah. And um, so I, I still feel like I haven't done that. So those things are great, but I don't want to lose that that hunger to do more. Yeah. And I don't want to get like, ah, you know, one best fam. You know, I can sit back. <laughs> All right, I'm good. You know, yeah, and, and a lot of people do that. But I look at that as, okay, I want it. That only means I got so many more people that are coming for that now. Yeah. So I gotta I gotta keep I gotta keep moving. Yeah. The moment that that was put out that I won that award, I was already in production on another film. Mm. You know, because like as soon as I release something, I'm already working on the next project. Yeah. You know, so I feel like, hey, you know, there's always gonna be someone, you know, taller, stronger, faster than me yeah. that's coming along, that's more talented than me. And I haven't got to the level where I feel like, man, I'm the guy. So I never want to lose sight. So I'm always like, you know, I I kind of talk down on my accomplishments. But it's not because I don't feel like I've done enough. I do. And I, I love what I've done. It's just that I don't want to lose sight. Yeah. And I also don't want to come off like conceited, you know, or cocky. Like, yeah, you know, just just want to, you know, you know, whatever. Like, no. Um, that award, uh, like I, I tell anybody, that award is Alex's award, mm. and and Dontario, who was the skater, that that's their award. Mm. You know, I, all I did was film it. You know, um, so I got I got a lot of more things that I want to do, so I haven't got there. So just to keep that hunger up, I'm like, you know, that's cool. You, know. you, you see the vision. <laughs> see the vision. <laughs> the vision is not there. That's not that's yeah. not the vision. Those things are amazing. Shout out to Indie Memphis. I love y'all, but um. I want to do I want to do something bigger. Yeah, I want to do something bigger. But I, I did say because I won uh, a lot of like filmmaking awards outside of Memphis, mm. um, which is crazy in itself. But I've uh, been in a lot of film festivals uh, with other films, and that was the first thing I won in Memphis, so mm. it meant the most. And um, yeah, I just want to do it again. Awesome. Just want to do it again. <laughs> Uh, give everybody your. I I know we talked about your socials. Earlier, yeah, I'll, I'll run it down again. I run socials, it again. Uh, whatever. How they can contact you if they okay. want some photos or video, whatever. Okay. Um. So my Instagram is underscore o n e nine zero one like one nine zero one. That's play on number. Shout out to my little sister Kelly. She gave me the Instagram name. If I don't say it, she'll be upset. <laughs> um. So that's where you can catch me on Instagram. You can see a lot of my work there. Um. Uh, my Production company is Papa Bear Productions, named after my father. It's P O P P A B E A R Productions with an S dot com. Um, there's the website, and uh, Papa Bear Productions is also the the production company's Instagram, uh, Twitter. I am O N E nine zero one. I think there's an underscore. Yeah, there's an underscore. O N E nine zero one, and Michael Butler Jr. on Facebook. Follow me. There's a lot of shenanigans on Facebook with me. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, again, great having you on. Thank uh, you. Might have to have you on again because we didn't even talk about your actual job <laughs> in bio, biomedical engineering. So. It's not that important. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for everybody tuning in. See you next time.